Podcast. I'm here with Will and Ty, and we just recorded an episode about the Avatar. Did you guys think it was good? Yeah. Yeah. It was good? Okay. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I guess I don't know what I wanted you to say. But hey, if you're listening to the documentaries episode, and I'm sorry it's late, I... I had editing problems and had to basically redo it. And when you just spent like an hour or two editing AJ Yorio biting chips and breathing <laughs> into the mouth, like it's real hard to want to then repeat that same hour of work, even if it is just an hour. So uh, that's why that's late. Unless maybe this episode goes out first. If you're listening to one about the Avatar, then the documentaries one is coming. Either way, we're a little late. We'll go back to back two weeks in a row to make up for it. Thanks, listeners. And welcome to List Wars. My name is Michael Moran. I'm here today with three wonderful friends. One of them who is showing me both nipples right now. I'll let you guess. Uh, first, we got Chris Chopping Broccoli Light. How you doing? Hey, everybody. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to have you. And uh, next, we've got the STD King himself, Ryan Meekum. How you doing? Good. It's good to have you, man. How much do you uh, regret making both of your STD jokes in the last episode you were on? Six out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Great to know. All right. And uh, still on his exercise ball and staying fit, we've got Andrew Joseph Yorio. How are you? Doing great. Hello, everybody. You look great. You look great. This is a good, good crew we got going today. Um Chris and Ryan, we set the world on fire with our Disney songs episode. I feel like I've got to just read uh, one email and full for you. I didn't listen to that and- one. What happened? What was it so controversial? <laughs> well, uh, it's like three hours long. Half of it is Ryan holding us hostage. Is it with actually the three hours of- long? No, but it's over two. Well, well who listened to that? <laughs> Good question. Okay, but if you really want to break that down, I've said it before. Normally, after you know after the two hour mark when people have tuned out and wouldn't hear this but let us know if that is a legitimate concern to me the length of podcasts (laughs) is is almost irrelevant because i'm never making time for them they just enhance experiences that don't require my ears i completely agree thanks yeah like i i would be shocked if somebody sat down on their living room chair to hear chris light talk about songs from jungle book (laughs) but uh it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, I too would be so let me d- by that. Yes, yes. We had a lot. I told people to send in, and I'll, and I'll create like a ranking for List Wars Nation of their favorite Disney songs. So, AJ, you should send me the ones that you like. Right. Um, but here we go. From from I mentioned this on a previous episode, but I didn't actually read it all. From Cooper Dennis, longtime listener, first-time caller. First, I'd like to say this was my favorite of all the episodes. The Meekum and Chris dynamic was great. Great content, great topic, great banter, loved it. Secondly, I audibly was cheering in my car by myself when Meekum chose Udalali as his number one. When thinking of my own list, this was the first song I thought of. Also, the hamster dance is a sped up version of Whistle Stop, also from Robin Hood, because Chris thought it was Udalali. And that's his favorite classic Disney movie, which is a scorching take. Lastly, Chris has henceforth vacated his right to critique any list or picks after putting together his top five Disney songs. I never want to hear about the Scarlet Witch ever again. Okay, I Just have like a few famously, 
But I, I want to hold him but, back because I feel like it'll just create more emails. Um, no, come at him. Go at him. Um, I'm not the one who on my list had songs that neither of us had heard of before. Uh, there's a few on both of your lists were like, yep, sorry, can't say anything because I don't know that song. I mean, Reflections by Mulan is an all-time classic. That's on you. I will admit some blame for not knowing Udalali. I liked it in retrospect, but that does not belong in the conversation we had. Uh, okay, my kids, uh, I, I played the first half of the podcast with my kids, and they uh, numerous times were shocked by choices Chris was making. And it was really entertaining <laughs> oh, for me to watch. To watch them respond to Chris saying, Prince Ali, that's the one that killed him. And my wife, who's very observant, pointed out that every single song you talked about, you you visualized the scene and talked about how that scene is so great. That scene is so great. She's like, I think the song sure. is just completely tied to his experience of viewing that performance, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I'm pretty sure I said say, that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm Yeah, not here yeah. Enough listen to it a third time <laughs> if you're lying or not. but uh, another thing that was really entertaining to my kids was you making fun of uh the two of us talking about songs a lot and you referring into it as like an inside baseball conversation and my children <laughs> yeah. who are young were like wasn't that what this was <laughs> and i'm like yeah like right now you just said i didn't know we'd have to know like all the songs which is why I have watched. Wait, should are do they know the 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 subject of this podcast yet? I assume they found out when they clicked Saw it in the their title. feed. Yes. Okay. Well, I watched every documentary to make sure we we did this right. Thank you. That's very You're impressive. I, a, I appreciate. AJ has it. left. By uh, the way, he can could care less yeah. about our conversation. <laughs> Thanks no, no, for no. coming back. I went to go get some, some muffins and some white grape juice. Oh, more food noises for me to edit out. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like white wine and like two sweet potatoes. I, know, I think you're really, making up what food that it is. It looks really lame. It looks like I'm a suburban mom. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, one more note on like uh, banger Disney songs though. Yes. Uh, and and AJ. So actually, oh, and Chris. So I've been really into this podcast lately called Strong Songs by Kirk Hamilton. Heard I sent it. Chris the episode on Call Me Al because that's his one of his favorite songs. And I sent AJ the episode on Stairway to Heaven. This guy's fantastic, uh, and I could I can hear the smile in his voice when he talks about music. But he did a fantastic episode on Let It Go, and if you mm. want to hear somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Music-wise, break down "Let It Go" much better than Chris Ryan and myself. Check out the Strong Songs episode on "Let It Go." Well, so also, uh, I do think it's entertaining that there's been two episodes now on Disney Plus just about Disney song sing-alongs that's happened, and uh, I've noticed, like I've seen online, people doing Disney song brackets happening right now. Like, oh yeah, like, I've yeah. seen yeah. Really hit. Uh, I've part participated in quite a few uh, Taylor Swift song brackets. Which I've enjoyed. That seems dirty to me. But we can we can move on. Thanks, Cooper, for roasting Chris and backing up our boy Zach Anderson. Chris famously roasted Zach Anderson's take of Scarlet Witch being a top five MCU Avenger. Uh, and yeah, we'll just we'll just leave that up there. Okay, so we're talking documentaries tonight which uh is actually quite tough as soon as i started making a list i was like boy i wish we went more granular 
there are just a, a billion documentaries yeah. and like i want like a list of like just skateboard documentaries just climbing like there's a real potential lack of crossover here so the episode may very well end up being uh here's our top five documentary recommendations now can if i it, if it's an episode can go. i can i read everybody the definition of documentary please all right a movie or television or radio program that provides a oh. factual record or report. Oh, not this. Come that's on. Great. Don't, that's don't great bring, news. Don't br- are you bringing audio only in? No. Because that would I kept, totally I change my, my list. I kept my entire list to, uh, you know, films. But just to say, you know, culture is changing okay. the definition of documentary. I appreciate that insight. And and again, maybe we're just recommending and discovering this episode and there's less back and forth the argument. More, the more you know. Yeah. That definition sucks. <laughs> no, I like it. It's just if we could include podcasts that I would be I'd have a different list. And I straight up just nixed uh like documentary series from my list just cuz it made it easier and I think documentary I think of like a one sitting uh movie, but hey, uh, that's fine if no, you did it. I'm, I'm, I'm eating potato chips. I'm sorry. Why are you eating? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Edit out the potato chips. But, I mean, Tiger King can't make anybody's list. I'm so sorry. It's, it's not like it's dinner time either, man. It's, it's like 10 o'clock. I need to be eating something. Okay. Because you're burning the calories on the exercise ball. I, I even I even diluted uh, my white grape juice like a little baby. You know how you put in a, a child's sippy cup, you put half juice, half water? No. Okay. Yes, you do that. You don't want to give them too much sugar. Oh my god. Okay. You you guys know you're the dads. I hardly uh, put yeah, any formula I, in my coffee. And I am not a dad. Actually, I'm just a child enthusiast. You <laughs> that's add a dad. I had, put that on your business card. I had a dad. It was good mis- old Tony. I was mistaken for a dad once. I could see that. You could be mistaken for your dad. You look like him. Boy. All right, podcast. Uh, yeah. Let's we'll get going here. Uh. Not as controversial as a double jungle book. I, I did originally have four climbing documentaries on mine, and I chose to back that up a little bit for sake of diversity. Uh, maybe a little disingenuous, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. Chris was bold enough to put Ryan Meekum, of all people, on the top of the list. Um, Meekum, do you want to start us off with your fifth favorite documentary? Whoa. Hey, everybody. It's me, Ryan Meekum, here with my number five Favorite documentary of all time, ladies and gentlemen, The King of Kong. Ooh, a fistful of quarters. That is a great documentary. Great documentary. That is a classic. I've seen it. For those of you unfamiliar with The King of Kong, it is a documentary that came out in the mm, early 2000s, I believe. Uh, Maybe later 2000s about a group of men who take their retro 80s video game scores very seriously and uh it is about people competing in the game donkey kong to see who can get the highest score of all time and the movie's wonderful Mm -hmm. because it has the classic underdog hero and amazing villains and it Mm -hmm. similarly follows the plot of rocky but in the dorkiest, yes. nerdiest way possible. It, is it even film. plays Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Does it really? D- during the training well, montage, it oh, legitimately well, plays Eye of the Tiger while uh, he's playing they, in his garage. They've planted those seeds for me to say that. Thing. 
Well played. The best, yeah. the best um, part about it is that like those guys are all perfect characters, but they're not characters. They're real people. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Billy Mitchell, especially. Billy Mitchell. Steve Weeby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a great underdog name, even. It's just yeah, Weeby, and he's a school teacher, like a small <laughs> children's school teacher. His wife says he's basically failed at everything he's ever tried. <laughs> yeah. And there's a what scene a early on with like his daughter like pulling on his leg while he was playing video games. He's like, not now, not now. <laughs> oh, but the best scene is when he actually is going for the first world record, the first over a million score, and the audio on the tape he had to send in to get verified has his small child running up saying, Daddy, like I need to I need a wipe. I pooped. Like he's like, Not now, I'm going for the world record. Yeah. And so the like judges have to watch this video of him like yelling at his kid to yep. not poop his pants. Yep. That's too funny. Yep. It's amazing. I'm a big fan. So that's my number five. Yeah, that's a great one. And um, I feel like to me, that's like, maybe it's just the time I got Netflix, but that was like my OG Netflix recommendation. I was mm. like, you should watch this. This is the coolest gem on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's a good one. And Ryan, were you, you said it continued. Were you going to talk about what happened post-doc? Oh, just the fact that it's real life, that it's this uh, stranger than the average film story that continues on like they are still competing and at each other's throats and uh it's i don't know it just makes makes the film even more interesting that it captured this one scene that is real that continues to go yeah also a little bit karate kid in nature as well yes yeah Mm -hmm. when he sweeps billy mitchell's leg out at the end that's pretty bi i have a theory Uh, that there aren't there aren't many good uh sports themed movies um, and when people throw down, what about remember the Titans and stuff like that? I'm like, it's still a solid two star movie. Like there's just not many yeah. good two like, star. Yeah, one yeah, star yeah. I stand by that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's remember just not many. I mean, as far as like actually good <laughs> movies, like, uh, the sports films typically don't make the cut. Um, and that's my 99th like, favorite film. Is it really? Your 99? It. Okay. Well, 99. I do think, uh, King of Kong I feel like is far superior than almost any other traditional sports film. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It, 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 what AJ said with the characters too is perfect. Like you couldn't write a more perfect bad guy, wholesome guy right. combo. And, and since then though, to add to the villainous layer, Billy Mitchell like got stripped of, I think all his records with, with them because he was revealed. He was using some tool assisted cheat oh, and like he's, he's on a like, he wants to preserve his reputation and he is on a tear of live streaming old retro video games right now and trying to break records on Twitch. And the movie really spotlighted the seedy underbelly of the arcade world. He had all of his lackeys there, (laughs) like crowding around him. Like he's breaking the record. He's breaking Mm -hmm. the record. Let's kick him in the shins. Yeah. And and like, they're like, yeah, they're trying to like crowd around Steve Weeby and like, just like right. really throw this guy off. And like, he, like that one guy is like a straight, like underling minion. He's just like on the phone with Billy Mitchell narrating everything. Like, I don't know. That's like really sad. Yeah, Who is that guy? What's he got to look forward I don't to? Know. I don't know, man. Uh, USA. Number five. Billy Mitchell. Great. Number five. All right. Who's next? AJ? You got yes. a doc for us? Is it me? I have a doc. All right, so this documentary I that watched. That one sucks. Uh, it's called I Suck, and it's my documentary about my life. 
Um, nice. No, it's called. I've seen it. It is good. Not that good. <laughs> this movie, this documentary film, 2018, uh, is called Three Identical Strangers. Mm, and I've seen it. It is great. Identical triplets become separated at birth and adopted by three different families. Years later, their amazing reunion becomes a global sensation, but it also unearths an imaginable, unimaginable secret that has radical. Are you just? Are you reading IMDb right now? No, but I figured I'd give a synopsis. I think we should all give a oh, little okay. synopsis. Sure, it, you're right. That was Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but oh. <laughs> it was just it was it was present. The information in the story was presented in a really great way. It's like a it's a confusing thing that happened, but the documentary filmmakers did a good job uh, telling the story, showing the story, and kind of like what Ryan said, it was like a stranger. It was a plot that was stranger than most movies, which is, you know, always going to make a good documentary. And it was just kind of weird, and it was sad, and it was interesting, and it was funny. It was it had everything you wanted a good documentary to have. Yeah, like. Yeah, funny, sad, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, it was good. It was, um, I remember two-thirds of the way through the movie, it was like the nature versus nurture question was coming up. Like, is it, um, are we are who we are because of just, just who we're, how we're created, or is it just how we grew up with our parents and all that, the systems around us? Two-thirds of the way through the movie, I'm like, no, duh. Yeah, it's it's nature. I knew it. It's just who we are. And then, like, <laughs> ten minutes later, I'm like, oh, of course. It's got to be your parents. It's your surroundings. Of course. <laughs> I know, Nurture dude. It's, boy. it's deep. I, I, I thought it was that... so entertaining when they were so joyfully realizing they had brothers and then so disturbing when they realized what baggage comes with that in terms mm. of them realizing, oh, I've missed out on having a brother for the majority of my life. That being said, I feel like there wasn't much they could do with the story past that it was like happy then sad and i just felt like that's where it stayed yeah there wasn't like a big arc of anything well they i feel like they kept pitching the way it was edited like like it was heading toward this big reveal of sorts i feel like i was i remember being a little let down when the credits hit because i feel like they were communicating we're on to something even bigger where no the big thing was these are identical triplets who were separated, which I knew in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I watched but, uh, I mean, it's blind. The story's amazing. Yeah. It's so sad, though. Can we talk yeah, about something real quick? Hold on. Yeah, go for it. So it has the one brother goes away to community college, and he shows up. This is big time spo- spoiler alerts for all these movies, by the way. And he shows yeah. up. And it's like, everybody's like, oh, hey, I forget their names. Hey, Tony. Oh, Tony. Yeah, good to see you, buddy. And like his brother must have been the most popular person, even if it's a community college of just 1,500 people, to, to be that popular is really impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he's he was recognized like five that people. Just spoiler. You just spoiled everything. Yeah, dude. That is like, one of the high points. <laughs> Uh, I I just like that it has like that you know there is that fascinating story that if you wrote in a movie you'd be like oh that that would never happen about the three triplets but then it does take that like dark and scary turn and I feel like the mm-hmm. back half is a totally different documentary so you do get two big hits mm-hmm. of surprise goodness there two big bites but you guys did hear I was laying some groundwork 
that that movie is great, but maybe not one of the top five. Do you see how I did that? How I'm like, let me bring it down a little. I'll say it's great, mm-hmm. but let me point out that it didn't. It's not a masterpiece. And I don't. E- I don't even know that I would argue that it should be top five, but it was. <laughs> Why is it here? <laughs> uh, and for the people who couldn't see me nodding, I was. I second what Ryan said. The lack of a big resolution maybe was what was most unsatisfying to me. But still awesome and totally but, worth your time. Yeah, yeah. back to the uh, back to the whole rec- documentary recommendations thing. That's a that's a right, big, right. That's a right. problem with yeah. my with my list. Is do I want to recommend these or do I want to watch them again? Hmm. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to recommend the ones we like. Chris, would you like to recommend one for us? Um, yeah, and can I ask a clarifying question to the group? Did we agree oh, no, no series are going to be in this? This is just like a, a movie, we, one sit-down We did not shot. agree. That was Michael's personal preference. We did not agree, but I chose to just to eliminate some because there were so many I loved. I was assuming right, though. But if you want to go series, do it, because I know there's at least one that you and I both really like. I don't oh, know. <laughs> I don't care if you guys said I couldn't do that one. I was for sure doing that one, but I have another one on top of that that I was going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to kick him off and just go, we'll go straight with it. Okay. Number five, exit through the gift shop. Mm. I'm not sure when it came out, but it is about, um, uh, street artists, uh, spotlighting Banksy and it kind of does 2010, 2010. Um, It's basically this guy gets crazy access to Banksy and his crew and you get to see a lot of amazing art, which I'm not hip. I didn't know about Banksy until this movie and all the cool art he was doing. And um, so you get to see about that. And then this guy then becomes himself a street, uh, like doing street art and stuff like that. And um, it kind of turns and it's um, very enjoyable. It's enjoyable after the turn? turn? Like <laughs> oh, Mr. Brainwash is the scum of, yeah. he's The full the movie is enjoyable. Yes, yes, absolutely. Retweet. Right. I I was you know I uh, did a project on Banksy for something, and I have enjoyed making stencils mostly because AJ did it in high school, and I wanted to copy half the things AJ did. Uh, so I like would go around OSU's campus spray painting things like Sam My Young's face on a dumpster, and yes. uh, thought it was cool like, like Banksy. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I like that movie. Frustrated by mr brainwash and the loser that he is uh and i will just shout out there was a documentary oh is that his name yeah there was a recent documentary that came out and i think it's 2020 dated um or 2019 and it is banksy and the rise of outlaw art it's not directly participated in by banksy but it does have an actor reading some quotes by him and kind of tracking a more historic uh take on his rise and like graffiti and hip hop tied into his art. One it wasn't, I, I didn't like it as much though. So I, I don't know if I'd recommend, but it's out hmm. there. Sorry, Ryan. Um, exit through the gift shop. There are times when I'm wondering if I'm being pranked while watching it. There are times when I'm wondering if these people are paid actors, if there is a script <laughs> is, is this a Banksy performance? Is he directing this? Is he the one pulling all the strings or is he allowing a third party to film it? And that is all part of the magic to me. That that Mm -hmm. movie is just a joyful ride from beginning to end where I am always questioning what exactly I'm seeing while still giving us a very basic narrative of street art. Mika, 
you just blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, so at, towards the end, when I realized, okay, uh, oh, it's Banksy. Banksy's in control of all of this. Take that, Mr. Brainwash. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm realizing, <laughs> no, maybe I'm the loser who is uh, getting got and not Mr. Brainwash. Uh, That's all wait, part of the fun. Wait, yep. <laughs> wait, is Mr. Brainwash a prank? He's a real guy who, who did this stuff, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, he's okay. a real okay, artist just... who did that. But at the same time, he could be a friend of Banksy's. Like the yes. entire, right. okay. every, everything about it, you cannot trust in that movie. Oh, no, right. at the end, he's going to hit a button and the movie's going to shred through your, right. your TV screen. Charm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's just going to blow up your house when you're done watching it and then sell for $7 million. Yep. I, uh, that's what, that, that's the stunt that the new doc opens with the, the recent painting that was shredded. I recently read an article and by recently, I mean in the past two years, probably that uh, nice. any artist, any artist of our generation uh, that will survive a century from now, he might be number one. Like he might beat really? Springsteen. He might beat Dylan. He might be the artist that lives past anyone else currently alive. Yeah. Hmm. Which yeah, is, yeah. I thought this was like the coolest documentary and I wanted to be him and thought I was like so cool for drawing up stencils in my college dorm room. Um, I Maybe I just need to revisit it, but like I feel like uh, I thought the world was kind of past the the Banksy coolness vibe and maybe I just haven't been tuned in recently. And, and maybe that's why I didn't like the new doc. They still don't really know who he is. That is kind of wild. It's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Good on mm -hmm. him. Good job. Banksy, if you're listening. Mm -hmm. And I am. Good job. Oh, <laughs> Ryan's Banksy the whole time. <laughs> and this is what we're we to find out. Oh, yes. This was, this was my make-a-wish. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, okay, Michael. My turn? Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, number five here. I oh it's still it's still Miss Americana on my on my list but I I switched that up today. I watched Miss Americana and Maru and determined definitively that Maru is the number 5 best documentary of all time. Have you guys is seen it about Maru? Taylor Swift? Miss Americana is about Taylor Swift and it's great. But uh Maru is slightly greater and Chris, you liked it? Jimmy Chin. Jimmy Chin. Okay, so we got some chinners in the house. Uh yeah, yeah. I enjoyed joint? it. It's a Jimmy Chin joint. The guy who did Free Solo might uh, ring some bells. It is this oh. iconic, unconquerable shark fin mountain in the Himalayas that nobody's ever climbed before. And the venture of Jimmy Chin, Conrad, uh, oh God, famous guy, I forget his name. Anchor. Yeah. Uh, Anchor. I should, uh, I should look up these things. And their quest to climb it. It's a fun climbing documentary because there are high stakes and the mixed climbing aspect, that, that is the climbing on ice and on rocks, makes it, I don't know, a lot cooler and a lot more like life-threatening. And then there's a lot of fun life story laid over that. Uh, they have to make multiple attempts, and their second attempt, uh, in which they do, spoiler, succeed to climb this fin, is like, at worst odds because one of the climbers almost died previously. It is an incredible, like triumphant swell at the end and makes me want to go do pull-ups. Am I allowed to take it down a notch now? Oh God, <laughs> come on. Okay. Not only is it not one of the top five best 
oh, documentaries. Oh my god! It's not even the best rock climbing documentary. I would agree. It's not even the best Jimmy Chin <laughs> rock climbing. Documentary. Why is this guy <laughs> okay. doing this? Fair. Man, I was all about to go watch this, and now Ryan just convinced me to never watch this. So okay. It's it's if you want a sequel to Free Solo, might I suggest to you Maru. Okay, so we'll we'll ha- we'll have a climbing documentary retrospective once all the the lists have been read. But this is a great movie, and uh, Explosions in the Sky does some of the soundtrack. That's a big win. Ryan sucks so much. It's it's, yeah, Ryan. Like I am. Yeah, I'm just I'm shocked they make it up to this mountain because like they're carrying their huge balls of steel. I don't know how they did that. Like, I'm just like ready to cheer. I'm ready to get yeah. up and start clapping in my house as I'm watching this. And you just, yeah. here's how they did it. If you're wondering, they used rope. They used the ropes to get up. Okay. There. Okay. There's another movie. Yeah. That's but it was a like negative 50. No, it leaves the rope. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. We'll say this. You're talking free solo. I hear you. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you, but I would, and I think Alex Honnold would agree because he kind of unpacks risks versus stakes in that movie. I think the like stakes and the consequences are much higher for Free Solo, but I think the risk is much lower. I think Honnold is much more comfortable, and the risk of him like failing is much lower than the risk of the guys on Maru making a mistake that could lead to their death. All of Alex's mistakes will lead to his death, but I think the risk is much lower. I think he's he's climbed that a thousand times. They're going where no man has gone before. He's climbing something that he knows every inch of. It's still a fantastic, incredible documentary, but to dock their effort and their achievement, I think, is wrong. Their movie is wonderful. I'm just docking its placement on this podcast. Okay. That's your right. <laughs> Ryan was manipulating everybody, you guys. <laughs> Ryan Ryan is currently controlling all of us. Do you, does anybody else see what's going on? Yes, <laughs> I do. Ryan's actually, he's talking us into what his list is going to be. In the nope. Disney song <laughs> episode afterward, nope. Chris said, he texted Ryan and me, he said, I feel like you were like Ben Linus, the villain from Lost, manipulating us last night. And Ryan said, that is the best compliment I've ever received. Seriously. I even no. kind of look like him. Uh, <laughs> sure. People tell me I look like Sawyer a lot too, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they always tell me I look like Hugo. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, are we back to Ryan and his apparently correct list mastermind over there? Take us to your number four, please. Hey, everybody, it's me, Ryan Mika, back with my number four pick of favorite documentary. Good Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, American movie. All right, let me take it down a notch. <laughs> Do so, AJ, please. No, I, I, I have not seen this. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you unfamiliar with the movie American movie, it came out in 1999. See that? And it is about two friends who are into making low-budget horror movies. Oh, that sounds and awesome. And this film follows their attempts to create their next feature film and they are um they are wonderful people who are a joy to watch their rise and fall and rise again to try to make a horror movie on a budget the movie uh plays out like a comedy of errors similar to almost like a guest mockumentary 
but uh, real life as these friends uh, put their entire life on the line to create their passion projects. I have a lot of thoughts. And it's good. Uh, I got, just Googled it. This guy looks like the so, uh, Tim Riggins character in the new Netflix series Waco. Uh, <laughs> Valid point. And Tim which, is what Will, which is what Will McKenzie looks like right now, kind of. Um, Here's what's annoying about this film is it's not really streaming anywhere. It's one of those things that's it's hard to you'd have to pay to see it. I t- iTunes for four bucks. I'm pretty decent at the internet. Yeah, that's and also making a horror movie is one of the like stretch goals on my bucket list. I'm pretty sure I've texted AJ that sentence before, mm. like just a statement. Hey, making a horror movie is on my bucket list. Just so like he's aware. Dude, I know for a fact, Mike Michael Marchegi and I were talking about this. We know for a fact we, if given given the right budget, we could mo- make the scariest, most disturbing <laughs> movie on the face of the planet. I guarantee it. <laughs> I bet you could. We gotta make. I a- seriously think. I seriously think that inside of me, I am I am the world's best horror <laughs> filmmaker, and I just need to do it just to prove it. Hot take. I would love to do that with you, AJ. We actually made one in middle school uh, with the blanket monster, if you remember. Uh, maybe I can fun. dig that up at some point. Um, and then my last thought was, man, I would love to do a mockumentary list. I thought the blanket monster was more yeah. erotic thriller than horror movie. <laughs> Well, that's only if you went under the blanket, but we, that was all off screen. Well, the blanket monster sounds like a monster, but the blanket monster is actually sort of a, a way of life. It's a mm. it's a mental posture. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have any of you guys seen this movie? I have not. No. Okay. I like it. I haven't seen it, but it's for good. some I reason... I recommend it. I haven't even seen it, and for some reason I bet Ryan's going to convince me that it's better than my list. <laughs> I just know he is. Yeah, I mean, uh, also when I googled it, George Clooney came up in the first uh, thumbnail. I'm not sure if he's in this. Weird. He is not. All right. Well, uh, I will watch it, and I'll let you know. I watched Coco after we talked about Coco, and I cried and I loved it. Hopefully, I'll watch Isn't this. That unbelievable. Hope yes, it's so good. I just watched Coco again. I just watched it recently with my family. It just, I cannot believe it. It's like a hard dance because like I. When I'm ranking Disney or you know the the recent Disney animation movies, um, yeah, because I just I Frozen I love the music and it has such a big like memory aspect to it. But then I think Coco mm-hmm. and Moana are both better movies at the end of the day. Mm, yeah, Coco never seen it. That being said, not not that we want to do this tangent, but after watching Coco a second time, I do feel like maybe. Uh, if we were to revisit my Disney list, I think I would switch Un Poco Loco with Remember Me. Mm, that's a hot because, take. Yeah. But for another day. For another day. All right. Uh, moving on from American Movie, AJ Orio. So, my next documentary is a. Well, let me back up for a second. Um, Are you pooping? Me? I don't know. What? You just look like you're struggling, and I can see your thighs, and you're squatting. I don't I'm know. at my desk. He's on a medical ball. Yeah, I'm on a, med- I, uh, a uh, bouncy ball. So okay. you guys know about that documentary, American Factory? You heard about that? Yeah. Yes, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio, nominated for an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. First film produced by Barack and Michelle Obama's production company. So it was directed by a guy who... The only other thing he has directed is a documentary uh, 10 years ago called A Lion in the House. 
and um, mm. it is incredible. The lauded, this lauded documentary follows the lives of five young people as they deal with the harsh reality of childhood cancer raging from ages 6 to 19. The kids in the film have their own ways of coping with the disease. Uh, it features the children's parents, financial tolls, uh, blah, 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 blah. There was 2006. Also set in Dayton. Crazy. Um, but uh, it's just a it's just a really it's a good documentary and it's absolutely gut wrenching and so I don't know it's like a real mm. bummer of a time but it's really mm-hmm. good and I just kind of respect that about this documentary. Do do you see some of your own story in that film? Uh, I mean, there was definitely like some some similarities of like oh yeah I, you know I, that that was me. But what's cool is that they follow the journeys of like you know. The, all these these people have different skin colors. They have different socioeconomic situations. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, I feel like I'm recommending this to you guys. No, that's fine. But we o- we knew that only only because it was just it was really good, and it was old. I saw it in like 2006, and it still stuck with me. I feel like that's mm-hmm. also pretty powerful. Yeah, to have and seen I- it 14 years ago and still think about it. I don't think we need to be apologetic. Like I feel like uh, hopefully people are excited to come into this and say, "Hey, I might look learn some new documentaries I want to look up and watch." Um, and just to add some context to that, AJ had cancer as a child, which sucks, but he's great now. And my favorite takeaway from AJ having cancer in a ch- as a child is the photo that one of his relatives posted on Facebook, where it's got little AJ in a jacket Uh-oh. and a like sash around his shoulder and body that says. <laughs> Best boy. He knows his boy of the year. Oh, boy of the year. That's that's even better. <laughs> AJ universally proclaimed boy of the year. He won that and year. That's a title. That's a title that's like president. You know how past presidents still are referred to as Mr. President? Right. I, I also am referred to as boy of the year. All future episodes, you will be introduced as boy of the year, AJ Yorio. Oh, please. Yeah, it was also made. Uh, it was also filmed like at turn of the century, so the like cinematic quality is a little, you know, question, which is always cool and nostalgic. Yeah, for you hipster boys. Uh, did they hipster have to shoot boys. the lion? What? How did they deal with that? Uh, yeah, so it really just follows this lion that's locked inside this house, and he's trying to get out, and uh, he finally eats the families and kills them all. Oh, nice. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the cancer that killed him. It was the lion ate him. <laughs> This Wonderful. is the big twist. The big twist at the end. Next. Next is Chris. Uh, next up is uh, a popular Netflix documentary called Icarus. It is about oh, yeah. oh, the Russian doping scandal. Uh, this guy named Brian Fogel is a cyclist and wants to check out, hey, how much does uh, like, would doping help? And uh, wants to take some steroids and um, somehow gets connected with this doctor uh, Grigory, uh, who is actually the head of all Russian doping, and then the documentary, which was going to be just about him, like taking steroids and cycling and saying, "Hey, this is how it affected me," turns into him, like being a whistleblower and busting open the whole Russian doping scandal. Hey, this is how we do it. This is what the test labs are like. And uh, Grigory moves to the United States and is like. Um, living with it. It was crazy. Wait, you say head of doping? Is that like a Russian cabinet position? Do they have a department of doping? What are you talking about? What does that basically, mean? basically, you're not far off. Um, it was like a cabinet position, like created it and let it up. And 
the government for sure knew what was going on. And um, okay, yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. It's very depressing. It was very interesting. It it's very discouraging for sports in general. <laughs> the Olympic <laughs> institution. Right. So this dude. So this. So this guy was. He was uh, the head of a bad of a bad organization, and then one day he flipped a switch and just decided to be a whistleblower. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, I mean, he was. I guess that's how whistleblowers all happen. Uh, that's been on my watch list for a while. I, I meant to do that before uh, this episode. Couldn't make it happen. It's got a cool like cover. It's impressive mainly because it just shows you how insanely complex. And almost it almost seems weird that it would be underground that people wouldn't know because it's so like facilities are involved in yes. things. Like it looks like it's confusing how people wouldn't have figured it out. Huh. Yeah. How many shots of Barry Bonds hitting home runs does it have? It's a good question. I can't remember any, actually. Oh, it's, do it's you guys hard. know? Are you aware of any documentaries that have just like a bunch of shots of Barry Bonds smashing home runs? <laughs> There's a documentary called Bigger, Faster, Stronger. Okay. It's all about steroids. Uh. Something I will say is that Icarus is my favorite. What is that? A Greek? Is that Greek? Is Icarus Grecian? Mythologicals, mythologicals. Uh, um, or is that, I don't know. What is Icarus? Uh, is that the reach too high to the sun? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he came too close. He melted. Yeah, yeah. That's like my favorite. Uh, you know, whatever uh, mythology story. Dude, top five myths. Then you should get uh, little wings tattooed on your ankles. Oh. Yeah. Oh damn. Or Pit, idea, the popular Super Smash Brothers character from the game Kid Icarus. <laughs> uh, number four for me. What did I put at number four? Chaco Mountain: colon, The history of Mario Kart 64's most infamous track. Uh, so, so this what? is my sh- <laughs> uh, Chaco Mountain: The history of Mario Kart 64's most infamous track. Uh, this is my shout out to uh, Summoning Salt. He's a yeah, popular yeah. like YouTube documentary guy yeah thank you for your support uh so i have just poured so many hours into dumb like video game speed run like watching the actual runners like attempt to set these records in a similar like vibe to king of kong fistful of quarters and then and this guy's just made a lot of historical documentaries and quick youtube videos uh covering some of these and my favorite one i think is chaco mountain because like it, it kind of reveals a lot of what I love in a documentary, like masters of their craft being fully and wholeheartedly sold out and just going full bore to devote like inhuman amounts of times to like perfecting something. And then like there's a lot of discovery and fun stuff that happens in this one in competition. Um, I also really love his episode or his, uh, his documentary on the Pokemon original games. And there's like a history of Rainbow Road doc. Uh, but the Chaco Mountain would be my favorite from that list, and I've watched it. And it talks about how Chaco Mountain is the most important Mario Kart track. Oh, I guess I should provide a little bit more context here. Sorry, thanks, AJ. It's the most infamous track. So the speedrun record was so back and forth, and if you're not familiar with the concept of speedrunning, just trying to do something the fastest, set the world record for completing a time trial course in Chaco Mountain. 
but uh, not only is there a lot of fun, healthy competition and like and some interesting glitches that help you achieve these times, but like there'll be a record. People are playing this game like 20 years after it came out. Like in 2014, someone will discover a new like shortcut on this seemingly simple and basic track, and all of a sudden it cuts like the new world record in half, and like everybody's so excited and they're like, all right, back to grinding and playing this game 10 hours a day and like streaming. I need to hit three of these jumps, each of which has a 2.5% chance consecutively in order to break the record. I'm going to sit here and play for 4,000 hours until that happens. Like the drive and then watching how excited they get when they finally achieve that is, it's very fun. Contagious fun. I completely agree. I'm so happy Summoning Salt got a shout out. I was going to talk about him in honorable mentions. I do not video Wait, play what? video games much. What? I'm just so excited. I'm so surprised. Um, I know. I would watch speedruns all day here's what i like about summoning salt i'm never gonna go on these chats and watch you know people <laughs> play the video games but he puts them in like just the timeline it's so clear it's so concise it's like and then 97 they found this shortcut and it talks and then and then gregory t from russia had to come back into the game and take over what was rightfully his <laughs> from justin in alabama and then oh but yoshi was so upset he got back into it too and um the speed runs of super mario brothers are my favorite um, oh, literally talking about where you land on the flagpole at the end of the game changes everything. Like, down to like, ah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I loved it. I'm sorry for putting you in a box, Chris. I could watch you sum up summoning salt videos like all night long. That was so fun for me. I'm happy you're a fan. Okay, first of all, they're what, a half hour? So, documentary short at best, right? Like, I think Chocolate Mountain's closer to 40 minutes, but yeah, maybe that's one of the shorter ones. I picked my favorite. Okay. Just if you have a YouTube channel up, you can correct me. There are some that are definitely probably shorter than a half hour. So is is length a big turnoff? I wouldn't call it a short. I guess maybe that's what the definition is. I yeah. included uh, documentaries yeah. of all lengths in my list. So. Thanks, AJ, for being no. accepting. Hmm. That was first of all. What was your second of all, Ryan? Two thumbs down. Uh, no, I'll stick. I'll stick with just the documentary short. Thank okay. you. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, okay, well then one last shout out. Uh, that, that being that, said, I did uh, go on YouTube and put it on my watch later list. Oh, nice. So I'm intrigued by it. If you like Mario Kart. I just Kart. can't imagine that making my top five. It's just, I, because I, I have watched all of these. They are short enough to watch more than once. Like, I'll, I'll put these on as like back, comfort background noise. I love them. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's another guy. I think it's like TAS. Uh, the, the history of Peach Break the Target record. It's a 10 second record and the video is like an hour and 10 minutes. It's a different similar YouTube channel and that's just fascinating to me because there's so much more like math involved that he breaks down really well with graphics. But moving on, uh, we've got Ryan Meekum with uh, the mastermind, STD King and putter downer of other people's docs. What do you got for us? Did I get hey, that right? it's me, Ryan Meekum. Back in action with my number three favorite documentary of all time, ladies and gentlemen, from Werner Herzog, Grizzly Man. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. For those of you unfamiliar with Grizzly Man, it's a documentary directed and narrated by the great Werner Herzog. And it's worth the price of admission just to hear him talking for two hours. He does have a good voice. But it follows, follows a grizzly enthusiast... Named Timothy, Timothy Treadwell. Treadwell as he uh, ventures into the Alaskan wilderness getting abnormally close to grizzly bears 
because he is their insane. Friend. Oh, that's a different and way to put it. It is a f- film about a man who uh, is very unique and um, is very bold when it comes to wildlife, and it follows uh, a tragic storyline that is uh, his love affair with grizzly bears. And it is amazing. I feel like you're burying the lead with how nuts this guy is. Like, just like abnormally close to grizzly. Like, he is swimming shirtless in a river touching these grizzly bears. Like, like I don't know. Like, it's, it's, if it's you're a wild. Listening is- to this, if you're listening to this podcast, you must stop whatever you're doing right now and look up YouTube clips of Timothy Treadwell because it is hilarious. It's crazy. And it's also tragic. But it's so funny. He's so ridiculous. He's a very entertaining, he's very, uh, he's an engaging character to follow for this documentary. And Werner Herzog directs, directs the crap out of this story. Like he really is a, legendary, a master storyteller yeah. who really figures out how to share it well, uh, respecting the man, even though the guy's pretty goofy mm-hmm. um, and, and pres- preserving the tragic ending in a way where he didn't have to. He could have been a little bit more tabloid friendly with his documentary, but I just feel like mm. everything he did was classy with that film and uh, really <laughs> captured someone who I find very unique and wished I was his friend. Like it was someone who I wanted to know. I felt like at the end of that film, he was someone I cared about and was sad for. My number three. Yeah, like I, uh, I think AJ had a good recommendation of looking up the YouTube videos because the, it's it's fascinating like you can't look away because you think this guy is about to be torn to shreds by these bears he's so close to them and there's just some a lot of other interesting nature that isn't bear or that aren't bears but there's a lot of this documentary that like I could I feel like there's a lot of fat to trim like a lot of like really awkward interviews that seem kind of staged like the watch scene like handing over his watch to like his ex-girlfriend of three years ago like and like I don't know like why there's a camera in some of these conversations I just remember like and then, like, some of the... What's the actual grizzly man's name again? Timothy Treadwell. Timothy Treadwell. Timothy, like, as he's, like, having this... The funeral for this, like, half of a fox car- carcass, and he's just touching this severed bear arm when the bear mom ate its bear kid. I don't know. Some of it's just, like, really, really... It, it's like a... This is, some of it's like a car crash. Like, I can't look away, but, I'm like, this is weird and awkward, and I don't know. Like, all the coroner scenes. Do you remember the coroner in that? Like... That is like actual mm. horror movie stuff. He has the most awkward. It keeps like zooming in on his face. He does like a three minute monologue about how this guy might have died and like how bodies work and bears work. And I'm like, I don't need this in the documentary. I just want to watch the YouTube clips that AJ mm. called out. No, there was, you need it. No, there were some misses. Like I was like, this is, it just seems awkward and staged and weird to me. Like that corner was actual like cinema poison. That guy, I could, I don't want to hear him again. The opposite of the narrator. If you, Dude, I don't like, know if you see. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael is wrong. It is the number three best documentary of all time. Skip the YouTube clips. Oh. How dare you? Go I mean, straight to the film waiting for you right now on Netflix. I love watching him thing, touch poop th- as much as the next guy. Michael, Michael, here's the thing you got to realize about Werner Herzog is what? that he is a documentary filmmaker, but he has also written operas and theaters and com- like concerts like he doesn't make mistakes you know no, i saying? could write an opera does that mean i wouldn't make mistakes after that <laughs> <laughs> also Werner herzog was handsome when he was younger 
The best opera is the one at the end of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That is true. Yeah. Um, I oh, well, apparently when I watched this, I took some bullets, and one of them just says "Wilderness, Mister Rogers." I think that's a good way to summarize the grizzly man. He's wow. like, he's got like a whole little like with a death wish rapport with all the animals. Did with you like a it? Death wish. I know you're a fan of baby foxes from your Instagram, Ryan. We got to see some cute baby foxes. Mm, yeah. The dude yeah. has he has foxes like they're just like house cats. It is a nuts video, worth watching. I won't dock it, but I just think there's plenty that isn't worth watching in there or is, mm. is superfluous if you will number three number three who's up <laughs> okay so here we go my third favorite documentary is from 2002 the title okay. uh is i am trying to break your heart a film about wilco oh the band not the band. waco okay i got uh, you mm-hmm. And this insightful documentary chronicles the tumultuous recording and release of the band Wilco's 2002 album Yankee Hotel Fox shot a bold departure from the group's earlier releases recording it nearly broke up the band and when it was completed their label refused to release it and eventually dumped Wilco from their roster. With the album completed the band turned to the internet to get attention for the record which was eventually released to widespread success and critical acclaim. So, so this may or may not I am a music nerd so I might be talking about something that non-music nerds might not want to watch. Okay. 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 88% Rotten Tomatoes. Seems pretty good to me. Uh, it's really cool because this is a documentary about a... Here's the thing. Wilco is not a famous band by any means. Uh, they are not, you know, but like, you know, I don't know if my dad would know who they are if I asked him. This documentary... It peeks behind the curtain of music making and record making with the most famous band that'll allow that. You know what I'm saying? Like they're never you you're never going you're never going to see uh behind the curtain of a band as much as you will. You'll never you'll never see uh, Kings of Leon get this like, you know, vulnerable and transparent you'll never see taylor swift get this vulnerable and transparent behind the way her music is created like this is just like very raw the camera's on oh gosh these guys' relationships are in jeopardy um it is just really cool and it's like whoa that's how my favorite record was made that's nuts some dude died if you are a fan if you are a fan of the band this movie is absolutely priceless uh it captures them making their best album warts and all with two guys at war uh one of them ends up leaving the band and eventually i think ods he died right after this album came out uh the band's really never been the same since and uh the documentary does a really good job showing just the messiness of friends trying to make music and if and my if somebody does not like the band or or if somebody does not know the band is it Still something they should watch? If you don't like Did the band... Did you like behind the music for bands you didn't like? Sorry, what'd you say? Did you like watching behind the music about <laughs> bands you didn't like? It's a little past my generation, but I made a 30-minute parody of behind the music for one of my friends last year, so I did have to watch a lot of those in order to <laughs> learn how they were framed. Uh, and yes, I enjoyed them. Of course you did. So here's the thing. I think, I think that the Jonas Brothers... They, their existence, the existence of the Jonas Brothers presents a lot of problems 
for us as a human race. Why? Um, Go but on. I I enjoyed watching their documentary for the same reason reason for the same reason for the same reason that I think anybody would enjoy watching this documentary. But the prerequisite for watching and enjoying this documentary is that you have to be a mature adult who is willing to sit down and enjoy something and you can't be a brainless sack of excrement. And okay. I would argue that this podcast, you need to not be a brainless sack of excrement. This is high level stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. this is this is big this is big league chew. I feel like you've this disqualified is, uh, the cast of this podcast, but I was gonna watch it regardless. Corey Larson gave me a Wilco C D back in the day and, and I'm down. I'll check it out. Good on him. It's a good good that was his good deed for the decade. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> one. Uh, okay, and Ryan's a fan too. There we go. Um, what was oh. the name of that one? One more time for the Still listeners. Still not top five worthy. I mean, I am trying to break I'm... your heart. Oh, that's just uh, that could be a documentary of my love life, right? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. <laughs> that's why I said it. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> that means in. Chris, we're to your number three. Please don't break our hearts. Oh, okay. Number three is the one that is a nine-part series released in 2013. And the title of it is... It's not a movie. The Smash Brothers. Um, Hell yeah! A friend of mine on Young Life staff uh, said, you got to watch this movie. Now, I never played Super Smash Brothers before. Uh, I don't play the game still. But I watched this um, documentary, and I was hooked. It was unbelievable. You know it is a great documentary when you're learning about something you don't know about and you want to keep learning about it and they're building characters. Absolutely. And um, so many characters I love about them and uh, I'm learning about Super Smash Brothers and like you said, like people becoming experts in their craft and like certain moves that people didn't know you could do and they're doing and they're just dominating other people. And, um, wave there's dash. A, there's Directional a wave dash. Exactly. Those words. Uh, there's an East Coast, West Coast <laughs> thing and they finally come together in a battle and uh, this one guy, Ken, is like the best of the best. And it's kind of like Michael Jordan. He, he kind of like loses motivation because he doesn't have anybody else to beat. It is awesome. They highlight different characters and people that are great. And um, Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Um... The guy who's really quiet, I can't remember his name right now. Isaiah! Um, yes, yes, Isaiah. That's who yes. I like too. He like he has this secret like turbo mode Super Saiyan switch yes. he can flip. Like when somebody else it has like when his girl that he likes is there or yep, when yep. he's playing in a team, so somebody else's like success depends on him. But he yes. doesn't care enough to win himself. No. But he was like the best. It was amazing. Yeah. And he got his heart broken, which was really sad. Um, yeah. But anything that's going to set up like a tournament or a competition and you're going to like whittle down to see who really is the champion, I'm going to love that. And um, I just have so much respect for the guy who made this because as he's making it, it's just a complete passion project. He like maybe 13 people are going to see this thing. You know, it's like it's such a small community. He's making this. And it's so, so well done. So many interviews. So much time this dude had to put in. And it yes. is a really enjoyable um, documentary, Ryan Meekum. And also the term No and Johns. It's famous. I learned No Johns from that uh, documentary, and nice. I like using that. No Johns. I say No Johns, too. But, yeah, it's uh, it's got like an 8.4 on IMDb. It's got its own p- entry. It's a, yeah, a little passion project, but it totally mm. blew up. And I love. I also really love Wife. I feel like he does the best interviews. Do yes. you remember which one that was? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah I'm so happy you put this on this is definitely was on my first list and then when I just blanket statement cut docu-series I was like 
Oh, I guess uh, this one's got to go. But it's just so much fun for all the reasons we said about this and summoning salt. Like their progress and their commitment to mastering something that people might think is a complete waste of time is is so fun. Yes, and this is also uh, the gateway one for me. This is the first documentary I watched. I was like, okay, so documentaries don't have to be about things that I already like or enjoy for me to enjoy them. It can be just anything if it's well done. I'm going to learn and enjoy Absolutely. it. So it was great. Absolutely. Yeah, and I like how it's just so much like found footage of like what was going on. Like it's mm-hmm. not... It, it is a lot of present day talking heads, but like they have a lot of these old like VHS rips of like tournaments and what's going on back right, in the day. Right. I'm guessing uh, Mikam and AJ, you have not seen this one. I've not, I have seen, not it. seen the YouTube docu series about video games. That sounds like a not quite as good the King of Kong. So hopefully the King of Kong will make an appearance on both both of your YouTube YouTube documentary choice options. The thing is, this okay, is um, nothing again, like the King we're of going Kong. For top five. Yeah, the the summoning yeah, salt. Yeah, that's too bad because we want the best. Well, okay, yeah, we do. And the summoning salt is like a more Don't casual vibe. Best? It's a more casual vibe yeah. than these two, but I would say the Smash Brothers. It is this guy's passion project, but it's done just as well as King of Kong. Lower budget. But he really is talented. It sounds worth watching. All on YouTube. If you're trying to find that out, the Smash Brothers. They separated it into like 20-minute chunks. Moving on then. Oh, Michael's turn. I think I have, oh yeah, classic at number three. Feel good. Uh, I feel like this was one of my gateway documentaries. Another Netflix. I watched this and King of Kong. Like right when I got into Netflix, it is uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Brian, you can't give me double thumbs down, like, while I'm reading he, everything. Isn't it Hero? Isn't it Hero? Oh, is it Hero? Sorry. I just, you know, really... I would say un- Hero. I don't educated. know how to say it. No, Hero is filled with lamb and is spelled with a G-Y. Uh, how <laughs> do you pronounce Jiro? It's a soft J. Hero dreams of... <laughs> if I'm saying Hero dreams of sushi like an idiot right now because of you, AJ, I'm going to feel real stupid. Um... But the J-Man makes some good sushi. He knows how to put some fish on some rice, am I right? Uh, it is like, there's this, this is about the world famous three star, three Michelin star sushi chef in Japan. He's got a little like 10 seat restaurant where it's just a bar where he makes like a unique menu every day. It's like a symphony he's crafted. It's so, there's like relaxing and addicting the visuals of just watching the close-ups on the fish or him like massaging an octopus for 45 minutes. Uh, but again, somebody who is wholeheartedly sold out for their craft. Uh, I, I'm watching it and I like think, man, I don't I don't think the guy who prepared my Kroger sushi went down to the docks at the fish market to pick out the best one and like put his finger in the tail and see how the meat felt. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's very educational. And then like, I don't know, another thing I like in documentaries or a lot of documentaries are focused on is some sort of like conservationist activist angle and it even ties into that at the end. But yeah, I could watch him cut fish all day. When we were doing documentaries, I made a list of like 30 things to uh, go back and watch. And Hero Dreams of Sushi is the only one I actually watched. <laughs> so it's fresh in my mind. And uh, I enjoyed it. It is quite sad because the, uh, the dad is the father-son relationship is a bit interesting. Yeah. Uh, culturally sure. different, I'm sure, is uh, also has an impact there. Um, but I was hit by, um, I don't put that much effort or energy into anything 
which is which made me kind of sad but slightly motivated i was like oh man i hope my boss doesn't expect me to work that hard as uh euro does <laughs> on sushi i feel bad i thought uh i i struggled wrapping my head around how raw fish could be better or worse depending on the restaurant <laughs> yeah um and this film explained it like i feel like after this film i'm like I, it just opened my eyes to the art form that is sushi and it's a great it is comfort food in a film that being said i did struggle with wanting to eat it like it is yes. hard to watch a food themed documentary um without really being able to enjoy it which absolutely I, when I, I, I feel that way with all food themed shows though you know like that's a netflix genre and i can't watch any of that just because it's annoying I recommend, I recommend this documentary, and I also recommend the movie Chef a lot. But I, I caution, oh, like, I love, you, I love Chef. You can't watch Chef with an empty pantry or fridge. Like, you better, you should just make all the food in your house before you start the movie, because you will want to eat it all. After watching Chef, my grilled cheese sandwiches have never been the same. Dude, I know, right? Mm, <laughs> like, really he makes it like just, yeah. it's a sexual experience <laughs> watching him make a grilled cheese. It's wild. Have you watched The Chef Show on Netflix? Yeah, I haven't seen them all, but uh, that's like a go-to background noise show. It's fun because yep. it's like a lot of characters from movies I like and one of my favorite movies, Chef, mixed. So so why did I why did I hear so much about Hero Dreams of Sushi? Did, was it an Academy Award winner or something? Like, why was there so much buzz? Uh, because it's awesome, and it's one of the best five was documentaries. It properly, was it properly marketed or something? I could not tell it you. It was very well marketed. I mean, yes. it, it was, uh, I, I bet it was nominated for Best Documentary. I doubt it won. And it was also probably in the early days of Netflix streaming, it just came out really strong as yes. a, a real documentary on their channel. Yeah, that and King of Kong were like early docs, early Netflix recommendations. I used to just put that on in college and take naps to Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Like, not even looking at the subtitles, just listening to and like, you know, looking over at cool visuals occasionally. Oh, so it's old? Uh, yeah, 2011. I, yeah, you know, not too old. Wow. Yeah, all right. Uh, if we're done with that, I think we're getting down to the meat of the show here, down to Ryan's number two. Wow. Hmm. Hey everybody, we're back. It's me, Ryan Meekum, with my number two favorite documentary of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Number two, Harlan County, USA. I have never even heard Harlan, of this. Harlan County, USA, is a powerhouse of a documentary. It came out in the mid 1970s. I saw it in college. Nice. Um, it is a documentary about the labor struck struggle behind some coal miners just trying to make everything work in Harlan County, Kentucky. It 100% follows... Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is priceless. Like, it is on the hundreds of documentaries that out, are out there. No, I can buy it on Amazon it for $10. Yeah, it's a... It's no, a... You said it was priceless. <laughs> Explain that. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a price for anything if you're interested. Also, apparently, Jiro, you say with a J in Japanese. I'm just going to throw that out there, clear the air. I was saying mm. uh, lamb, you know, sandwich like an idiot. It's Jiro is what this says. Gotcha. 
punked you. Sorry, Ryan. It but keep, keep I'm I'm already interested because I respect your taste in most films. I know we have to argue for the show, but I'm I'm interested. It's great. I mean, it just captures rural Appalachia life of people trying to work in coal mines with the man coming in and making life hard. And it follows this town, a couple families that are, it's like a bygone time of back when the coal mining companies would essentially own the town. Like they would own the homes they were living in. They would own the stores they would be shopping in. Sometimes the companies wouldn't even pay them in actual American dollars. They would pay them in like tradable funds for these stores that were in local towns. What? And uh, the movie, oh yeah, I mean, it's a mess. And wild. the history of coal mining towns versus the man are great. Like there's wonderful stories in American history about uh, things that lead to really, really terrible violence as both, I mean, basically towns going to war. Uh, and, uh, is Harlan, that what happened in Zoolander? Um. That definitely happened uh, in Anchorman. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but, in, what? Uh, what? But also in Harlan County, it just follows um, <laughs> the strife, and it's a it's an amazing snapshot of a part of America that we don't see much of. Yeah, number two. Yeah, this was okay. on my list to watch. Just didn't get around to it, but it looked amazing, and um, I believe it's excellent. It's wonderful. That's nice of you, Chris. After our Disney songs episode, Chris like called us out for just bullying him in the post episode text thread. <laughs> I'm happy that you're still <laughs> kind and wholesome to us, Chris. We're sorry. Yeah, it's good to hear. But Thank you did you. put two. You did put two Jungle Book songs on your list. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the name of this podcast series? List Wars. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah, mm. you're right. You're right. But we wait, Michael, you're the creator and host of this show. Don't let Meekum tell you how it should go. Who cares what the name oh, of it is? You know what name. it should be like. He's in our heads, dude. This podcast floated down a river in a basket, and I just, I just adopted it. <laughs> I'm gonna let it grow into its own person, make its own decisions. Uh, That's a Bible reference. Uh, yeah, uh, or maybe a, or maybe a King Arthur reference from the latest Guy Ritchie rendition, which I recently watched. Okay, do you think AJ. the Bible stole that from? Yeah, I think that's the Bible stole it from Guy, Guy Ritchie. Ritchie. <laughs> yeah, Bi- Bible stole a lot of like montages from Guy Ritchie. They're always like changing changing the timeline, and the voiceover <laughs> speaks the words for a character in the flashback. Okay, uh, AJ, what's the second best documentary? So, you know, this, 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 uh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's pooping again. No, 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 no. Okay, Is he just so making this, it up this, as he goes? <laughs> <That's> no. <laughs> but, but we never know, because that, that's happened before, and it's worked out. When Will's not here, we don't really wrangle him in as much. Will's a no, good he's, heavy. He's the he heel, is. like he is. To, to AJ's insanity. <laughs> you will just straight up. You don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not insane. Uh, so this is a documentary short, okay? Okay. But I think that this is the second best documentary. Deal. Ever. <laughs> Uh, it is a documentary short. It's seven minutes and forty six seconds long. Oh, that's real short. 
real short. This is a film directed by Ben Knight, produced by Ben Moon. The name of the movie is Denali, produced by Patagonia. It's about a dog and the dog's owner. And it's the Um, day's wage back in the ancient Roman times, (laughs) right? Uh Uh, So it is... It is very emotional. If you don't cry at the end of this video, you surely don't have a soul. Okay. Uh, you have not yet tasted death, as some would some would say. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. This, this, it is. It's just really good. It's about a dog. It's super, super freaking sad. It's about a guy, the dog, and the guy oh, are both battling are both battling cancer. Um, and it's just a really, really. It's just a. It's a genius way to tell a story. Jeez, oh, Pete's like I don't know if this I don't I don't know if this was a movie that was like an actual like a dude made this or if it was like some genius like twelve person think tank that came up with this and I don't care either way, um, but you need to see this and uh, it's just a really good way to tell a story, really good way to tell a story. That's why this is number two is because this is just a really 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 good way to tell a story. Can you elaborate? The dog AJ? has cancer. You mean just because it's a what? just because it's an owner and a dog that makes it a great story? What like what's the no, great no, no, no. way? The story is really good. The story is really good. Ah. But I can't tell you the story without spoiling it. Okay. Okay. Because it's I guess short. Since it's seven but here's minutes, the thing: the yeah. story is really good, and the reason the story is so relatable is because it's a man and his dog, and it's also produced really well. Some of us don't and have dogs. I know, and I know some of us are also scared of dogs and milk and our older brothers. But Whoa. <laughs> Just attacking some childhood <laughs> scars here. I wouldn't say I'm scared of dogs these days. <laughs> I, I used to be scared of dogs. Dude, that's okay. But this could be a dog. It could be a cat. It could be a cousin. Dude. <sighs> Can I just say that I almost came back at you with a joke about you being scared of cancer, but I didn't have the, <laughs> I didn't have the balls to go for it. Show uh, me. If Will was here, he would have done it. Oh yeah, uh, he would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, so yeah. it's got it's got the it's got the storytelling style, it's got the relatability, it's got the depth of the story. Uh, it's good. It's a good thing. The only thing it doesn't have is the length, I suppose. I guess that's the only thing I might get knocked on, but I, it made made the cut for me. Ooh, so. there's a quote from my number two. Is they say length doesn't matter. That's in my oh, number what two documentary. That documentary about. Well, we'll get there soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm that serious, dude. That wasn't like a sex joke. That's an actual quote. Uh, nice. Go on. Yeah. Well, no, it's not my turn. It's Chris. Also, Chris. Yeah. They say never. They say never meet your heroes. You've been a great supporter of this podcast, and you say your favorite component of it is Andrew Joseph Yorio. Yes. How have those? How has he met or fallen short of those expectations? <laughs> I'm the anti mckinsey as he just wants to shut everything down. I'm. I'm just. I wanted to keep going. It's poetry emotion. <laughs> Chris is a is a nice, encouraging man. Yeah. I've been in an abusive relationship with Will for too long. It's nice. I, uh, it's refreshing. I want. I, I once saw AJ hold Will down and tickle him so much that Will screamed, I hope your cancer comes back. Uh, <laughs> it was very funny. It was very funny. It was very funny. No hard feelings. La- that's the last time I will make a joke about cancer in this episode. Okay. It was you Will. Can't. Yep. Anyway, number two. <laughs> 
Hey everybody uh, yeah. out there, Chris Light here, coming in with the number two top documentary of all time. <laughs> and it is um, King of Kong in the Fistful of Quarters. Uh, that that movie is amazing. And um, oh, what's that about? Yeah, well, we said it. We said it all. I just want to shout out one scene that was probably my favorite scene. It's when he's um, in his garage practicing, and he like takes a marker and marks. And like shows for all the dummies out there like me, hey, this is these are the rhythms and this is the beats of this game. This is how you beat it. And this is what you're looking for. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, people who do games that well, like that's how they see it. Cause I'm just seeing I'm the guy who like in the in the trailer of the movie they say, um, like Donkey Kong is the hardest game there is. Like the average game lasts less than a minute. It's brutal. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I all three lives gone in one minute because it's so hard. To see him like with a marker show you the moves to make, like a football coach breaking down a plays on a field. <laughs> it was thoroughly enjoyable. The characters are amazing. And that's it. We talked about it all already. It's Chris, like I'm gonna like... inter- I'm gonna add on and echo what you said about the whole like math behind the game and having to like yeah, those moves like the like the football coach mm-hmm. that that that's nuts, cause yeah, I guess I I felt so dumb in that moment, cause I was like, oh, I just thought you're supposed to get the guy over the hill as fast as you can. Right. Like I, you know, to think that there's some sort of way <laughs> to just like roll roll your eyes in the back of your head and just kind of go into a trance. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, they like zoom little, out. It's like they're reading the Matrix. It's a little scary, honestly. Yeah. And that's why I love a lot of summoning salt videos too. Similar explanations and breakdowns and pattern recognition and abuse. Yes. Yes. I don't like it when you guys say summoning salt. That rem- that just feels weird to me. Oh. Is, uh... Mufasa. It feels like Mufasa. a spell you're casting on me. <laughs> okay. So now I will go Yeah, yeah Michael, let's get two. it. Come on. My number two greatest documentary of all time, The Beginning, colon, making of episode one. Have you guys seen this? Is that the one where there's no narrator? It's just clips? It's, yes, AJ, exactly. This is also, it's wild that this exists on YouTube on the official, like, Disney YouTube channel. Uh, this is the behind-the-scenes documentary of Star Wars Episode One, And what's so incredible, what AJ just pointed out, is there are, I don't think there are a, is a single talking head interview in this. And if there is, it's like a candid interview of the time. It's not, like, made present day. It's because, like, I mean, these documentaries are trying to tell us a story of what happened. And what's so great is they were just filming everything when they were producing Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So they just have all this footage to show. They can just edit it together in a way to tell the story without having anybody need to, like, narrate or provide some exposition. And it's just, like, fascinating. One of the top comments on the video is watching this documentary is like watching a one-hour The Office special with George Lucas in the place of Michael Scott. Like, it posts him in... It, it like, puts him in such a strange uh, light. Like, within two minutes, he says, uh, Jar Jar is the key to all of this, and I know this is going to work <laughs> because it's impossible. Like, he just says all these quotes. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fascinating that it exists on... Disney's official page when it puts all the dirty laundry out there. Um, 
I really I loved the prequels as a kid. Like you know, I, I was a kid. I ate Jar Jar up. I thought he was hilarious. But like knowing the reception that this movie got with a lot of the Star Wars fans, it's kind of wild to see people be so confident. I felt similar vibes watching the Rise of Skywalker documentary, which again I liked. Um, but it kind of makes you sympathetic seeing how earnest they are and how hopeful they are. But also you want to laugh knowing like what the product of all their hard work will be. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's such a good watch. I've watched it so many times. There's a follow-up like 20 year later video that'll probably be the first thing recommended. But like you see like the three young Anakin's audition, uh, like and just like clearly there's one that's the best actor. And like George Lucas is like surrounded by yes men and he is just like has his hand in every little thing. Um Liam or no, Ewan McGregor is the one who says length doesn't matter when he's picking out his lightsaber. Like, how cool is that? I get to watch Obi-Wan Kenobi pick out his lightsaber back backstage. Uh, and this film really did do a lot in terms of like CGI progression, like and how ambitious it was. So it's cool to see that and like George Lucas going way over budget and like talking about how the pod race costs like nine hundred million dollars. It's it's a lot of fun. And they're filming in Tunisia in a like a storm rolls through and destroys their whole set. I feel so bad for him. But like on the radio chatter the next day, they're going through this laundry list of problems. And one guy's like, "We still can't find Liam's beard. They can't qu track down Liam Neeson's prop beard." Like, everybody's like, have, "Have you? Seen, has anyone seen Liam's beard?" There's just so many fun little gems. It's I love behind the scenes in general. This and Lord of the Rings are probably my favorite too. Matrix, Matrix Revisited is a close third that so just missed my just, list. What you just described is a documentary I've never seen, but it sounds so legit. I need to watch it. It's so fun. And like after he watches episode one, he says, I don't know. We may have gone too far. This is just George Lucas in his home theater. <laughs> and, but like, but like and they edited it together in a way that you would expect the... Uh, curb your enthusiasm theme to play after every like two scenes because like they'll have like that like directly before that it's got George Lucas saying we have no idea how it'll be we might be we might beat Titanic but we we'll probably won't beat Titanic and like just like all this insane stuff like it's a simple scene and then it cuts to like like them saying that and it cuts to like 30 meetings about how to CGI and edit all these different frames to create an artificial scene together very fascinating so funny. very fun so yeah, Never I guess it. if you haven't Sounds seen great. it, I, I can't, then that's just my earnest recommendation. <laughs> Seeing John Williams bring Duel of Fates to life, like what more can you want? So what's the name of the documentary? The name of the documentary is The Beginning, colon, Making Episode 1. Uh, yeah, I guess we can continue then. Yeah. Ryan Meekums. Let's do number it. I just one. want to quickly point out, that's an hour long DVD extra. It's a documentary. AJ, can you read yes. the documentary definition? <laughs> Dang it, Ryan. Uh, Low key, you were you just had your like your your teeth clenched. I thought maybe Ryan's gonna jump in and be like, this is my favorite documentary. Maybe Ryan knows. But I have a feeling that based on no, the process of elimination, is, we know you're number one. It is an amazing one hour DVD extra. Internet really movie like database. Oh, Internet, so you've seen it. Internet movie That's database. Great. Internet Movie Database, the yes. beginning, make, making episode one, 2001, one hour, six minutes, documentary. Yeah, it has the Boom. documentary tag on IMDb. What's the rating, AJ? 7.7 .7 out of 10. It also says documentary sci-fi video. So. Yeah, Ryan, I think you're wrong here, but you can try to recover with your number one. I'll be Great. honest, I'm, ter I'm terrified of Ryan right now. Go on. 
Okay, uh, before I do my number one, I'd love to do a couple runners up. Now seems okay. like the right time to do that. Or we can do that at the end, after them all. But doesn't now seem like the right time? No. Uh, well, there's still three more to go, so I don't yeah. think it, I feel like it, it feels it wrong. now seem like the right We time? all can jump in that pool together, that runner-up yeah, pool. Yeah, let's do that. Party. I just feel weird to say the number one now when you guys are going to follow it up with, like, number 52 and number... <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Hey, everybody, and we're back. It's me, Ryan Meekum, with my number one favorite documentary of all time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, Roger and me. What? I was expecting free solo, but okay. <laughs> nope. Roger and me, the 1989 documentary classic directed by Michael Moore following GM General Motors and their decision to move out of Flint, Michigan. Mm. And it is a it is the best documentary of all time. It is the documentary that taught filmmakers how to use documentaries as a playful tool to change the world. And ladies and gentlemen, look no further than Roger and me. It is a powerful powerful 2 hours. It starts with um Roger Smith, who ran General Motors, it starts with him deciding, you know what, we're going to move out of Flint. So the documentary starts there, and uh, Michael Moore heads to Flint, which is his former hometown. Or is it? Yeah, I think it's his hometown. He goes back home and just films a year in the life of what happens to Flint, Michigan, after General Motors decides to move out. Uh, and his whole goal, the entire film is he wants to interview Roger Smith to ask him. Just to ask him, hey, why'd you move? He, they moved to Mexico. And in doing oh. so, just completely destroyed, essentially, Michigan. Like, um, this one man's choice to save money destroys the state. And it, uh, it documents it. And he documents it in a way that is smart-assy and entertaining but as the story builds it becomes just really 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 gut-wrenching in terms of what what it does to the characters that we follow for this year they're mainly silly eccentric characters who uh their lives are ruined by the end of the film it's a great piece of piece of art and it also is what put michael moore on the on the map a lot of people hate hate him but uh it's because he's easy, easy to hate because he uses his camera so well as a weapon. Wait, so like oh, people who are the subjects of his documentaries hate him? Uh, he's uh, he's just very, um, very political, very, very liberal, very outspoken, uh, and very uh, disliked. That being said, his documentaries are almost consistently impressive um, as as his. As his trajectory has gone, his career has gone, he's become more, um, he's been less of a, he was like a, he was like a punk rock movie maker mm -hmm. <laughs> in the 80s, and he slowed down, and it's now him basically sitting in a basement and editing stuff together and narrating <laughs> over it, which is not nearly as cool as him walking around with Story a camera. my life. <laughs> lying about why he's walking into places and filming. But he did, uh, Bowling for Columbine is also... It's big. Form. Yeah. It's big thing. Yeah. It's big thing. Sounds like a wild story. Have you guys seen this one? No. I have not. But I do know about it. Convinced that it's the number one. 
No. Yeah. You can't say I, that. When I, I searched like for Reddit threads of best documentaries and uh, this was in the conversation. But I was like, that's so old. Nobody's gonna... I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't captivated by the unexciting oh. like art of the cover. <laughs> I'm Michael a dumb millennial. Moore. I need flashy lights and guns. Michael Moore is from Flint, Michigan. That's interesting. Oh, mm. personal. Ryan, do you think it's slightly bold to say um, that move to Mexico destroyed Michigan? Do you think that's a <laughs> Yo, bit that was bold? the Ohio State Buckeyes? <laughs> I oh, wasn't saying that word. Dest- uh, I mean, how's how's Detroit doing? Like how? I mean, it definitely was the tip. Like, I really do think that that is what started things, is once Flint went bad, I mean, it took 20 years, but no one would have thought what happened to Detroit would have happened. And Flint, Michigan is without a doubt the precursor, is the alarm, the fire alarm saying, Mm -hmm. hey, Detroit, look what could happen. Uh, Did it destroy the state? No, I, I guess it depends on how you define destroy, but that city was a competitor with Chicago. And it is not anymore. There you go. Right. AJ, All right. AJ uh, number two. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. AJ, oh. having, having not seen one. either of the previous two films that were just uh, recommended, which recommendation are you more motivated to pursue and watch? Uh, they're both evenly ranked in my mind. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I watched... Let me set the scene for you. I watched this documentary on the back of an airline seat during a flight. Bold. With shitty headphones on. So this goes to show you how well done this film was that it could survive the unfortunate circumstances of a in-flight movie. and I would say this is a pretty pretty popular one. This isn't like some cool deep cut. But this is Won't You Be My Neighbor, the documentary uh, about Fred Rogers. I mean, the, uh, I don't know. The grizzly man of the suburbs. Yeah. Insert all of <laughs> insert all of uh, all the reasons why all the criteria we've discussed as to what makes a good documentary a good documentary and just you know apply it to this it's like I I was you know on this flight and the stewardess was asking me you know do I want the little cookie or the you know trail mix or whatever and I was like having an emotional moment and I had to you know look at her and be like how dare you <laughs> Uh, and did you make a decision though? Yeah, I always go for the Biscoff cookie. It's you know you can't get can't get that anywhere else. Um, but it was so it was good. It was so good. It was freaking emotional and smart. And it was I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know what you want me to say. It's number one. It's it's good. It's amazing. Why you say why it's good and amazing? There you go. Well, because it was good. It was Mr. Rogers. Dude's a good dude. Freaking, you know, he didn't he didn't compromise on anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he was, in, he had this, like, whole, you know, behind the scenes, like, heavy lies, the crown sort of thing going on mm. that nobody knew about and all this pressure that he put on himself. He was just like a like a true, you know, 
hero, like you said, a guy dedicated to his craft. You know, he he lobbied in front of Congress. He was extremely well spoken. He was able to be the most listened to voice in every room. Yet he was the quietest, most you know, non-confrontational. Um, you know, and how he handled criticism was just so cool. And the I don't know, man. What do you want me to say? You just gotta no, watch that's it. Great. That's great. Heavy lies the crown. Have you have you seen it? I haven't. I saw the. Uh, What's the, the matter with you? Movie that came out last year. About see that you know. Yeah, beautiful day in the neighborhood. I think that's called. Tom, that's good. That was good, probably. My bad. Was it was it Mr. Rogers who said, uh, "Come at the king, you best not miss." Was that his quote? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. AJ, I have seen the film and it is wonderful. It just does a really good job of capturing the essence of everything that we wondered about in terms of who he was. And uh, the movie really lifts that up, that he was this hero that we wanted him to be. And the film captured that great. Like it really um, uh, captured what we were hoping it would capture, which is a guy who was all about trying to do what was right and good through puppets like through his tools <laughs> that he had on a children's show he was able to do so much more and uh i mean he really tapped into a generation of people who were hoping that he was real which we don't see much of we don't have many heroes um on tv anymore we don't see many good guys we don't see it in politics and he was that he was he was the real deal and that movie really did a good job of not being too over the top cheesy, but really just explaining this is a guy with quiet convictions who's just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it, was it wasn't really cool. over the top cheesy. That's what I liked about it. They could have they could yeah. have caked on the cheese, and I wouldn't have liked it that much. <laughs> right. I didn't see the movie the 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 act with Tom Hanks, but just the idea of Tom Hanks as him seems over the top to me. It's like, oh yeah, you that's <laughs> you're already in trouble. <laughs> like the Seriously. documentary should be all that's. That's needed. It was good. Yeah. I'd watch the doc too. And if you're into puppet documentaries, there's a Star Wars Episode <laughs> 2 documentary titled From Puppets to Pixels Digital Characters in Episode 2. And it is not as good as the one that I recommended. <laughs> Shouldn't that be its own podcast? <laughs> what? What part of that? <laughs> puppet. Puppet documentaries. Oh, yes, of course. From <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, we need to segment categories. We need music, documentaries, climbing, skateboarding, and puppets. Mm, Absolutely. Right. Uh, wow, speaking of those categories I just listed off, I'm so sad that there has been... I've watched so many skateboarding documentaries recently, but none have come mm-hmm. up. Huh. All right. Maybe maybe bad. Chris will save us, but Until now. Wait, Really? No, not at all. No. Sorry. Oh, Chris! Oh, I believe you. Okay, my number one is a 2008 documentary um, by Robert Kenner, and I first watched it because uh, he was on Oprah, and this movie was getting very popular, and it is Food, Inc. And uh, ah. here's why I think it is the number one documentary. Um it has great characters, which we like. It tells an amazing story. But it was the first documentary that um, opened my eyes to government corruption. And it was like a, 
opening our eyes to like something that is so big that affects everybody. Not just like the f- food affects everybody, the food we're eating and the quality of it or the non-quality of it, um, but also like the legal crap going on and um, like the people pulling strings and the laws that are being passed to pretty much keep the man down and things sucking and our agriculture in a horrible spot. And I learned about high fructose corn syrup and how it's in um, 98% of the foods I eat. It was, I just learned a ton. And it, it's something I still think about the movie once a month. And um, I'm not saying it's changed my eating habits. I, th- I was probably a vegetarian for like a week after this. Ah, two days. I, I think <laughs> well, I probably yeah. lasted two days. And, um, but yeah, it was still powerful. And I enjoyed it, and it was a really well-done movie. Chris, I've seen that film and also thought it was very powerful. Uh, so sad, so disturbing. The uh, soybeans. Gosh. Uh, scientists figured out how to create soybeans that didn't reproduce just so farmers had to buy more soybeans. Yes. <laughs> and they passed oh, laws, so it was illegal to use their own soybeans. What? They couldn't use their own soybeans, and you had to basically like uh, how how amusement parks might be a Coke or Pepsi-only establishment. Uh, that's what these farmers had to do when it came to soybeans, is they had to buy into these big corporations and be like, we will only use your beans. And they have rules like, okay, if you're using our beans, you've got to put these signs out that tell everyone you're using our beans. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so disheartening. Like, it totally makes you realize that the lone farmer living in Kansas is still just whoever owns Walmart, whoever owns Viacom, whoever that is, owns this poor farmer too. Dude, that is legit. That is honestly and sincerely fucked up. That is crazy. Yeah, I need to watch this movie. It's so sad. It's crazy. It should be. It's depressing. Instead of rating films on the amount of parental guidance or guidance that should be applied to them, we should rank or uh, rate them based on how depressed you will be at the end of it. (laughs) Well, at the end, that's good. I would, dude. Yeah, throw me into the fire on that. The highlight is there's this farmer in Virginia who's just the most humble but brilliant dude, and it's um. It's, they're on his farm, and they have a little tent set up, and it's the day that they are killing all the chickens and packaging them for people to come pick them up. And he's doing an interview on camera, and he's just slicing throats of these chickens. And he's like, now the government, oh. or these people are trying to say that this is not <laughs> sterile, that this is going to be bad for you. But go look what Tyson Chicken is doing. Uh, look at those. And they, 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 I don't know how, but they got footage of like what's going on in these meat facilities and what the hen houses are like and how just nasty and crazy it is um and you're like yeah we all should just go live on farms together is probably the best way to do it huh i have a uh, there's a guy at work it was actually probably ended last year he did exactly what you described chris he said his family watched this and their their whole household was vegan or vegetarian for like three weeks so probably a little longer than you but uh yeah i i remember watching uh, supersize me and no impact man and like learning a lot of depressing things about the food industry and it sounds like I should watch this one too is this on Netflix? I don't think so it, it used to be I but know. I don't think it is probably got taken down by Tyson Chicken Monsanto is the actual evil company you gotta watch out for Monsanto? Monsanto? what do they do? Are they? is that an umbrella or do I just not recognize it? 
That's yeah. the soybean company. Oh, dang. That's yeah. brutal. Villain. That's, it's amazing. That's messed up. Okay. Yeah. So since then, that movie came out in like 2008. Every road trip, I see those month. That's that sign all over every mm-hmm. every few miles. It's interesting. I never saw it until that movie. All right. Number one. Number one for Michael Moran is here we go. Uh, the Don Wall. So, so I I uh, bookended my Whoa. list with climbing docks. The it was it was really gonna be four. It's gonna include free solo and wide boys as well. Uh, but the Don Wall is my favorite. Ryan, are you laughing over there? Um, yes. And I'm guessing because yeah, he, he might prefer free solo. I will concede that free solo to a, the general audience is probably a better like shock value like this is going to be your hit that you can be more confident in recommending to anyone uh as a climber i don't know i feel like a lot of climbers i know actually really like the don wall more they're both incredible love them both very well shot beautiful pictures of yosemite uh and then like incredible stories of humans going bad to the bone to the limit to get up that thing but tommy caldwell is just so badass and has such an interesting life story uh, like the upbringing to just like showing up and going from being a no-name kid to walking on to a competition and becoming a world champion, uh, then going to Kyrgyzstan uh, to climb. Chopping getting- his finger off. He, yeah, he chopped his finger off in a in a you know woodworking accident. Like that is like as a climber, like that's one of my fear. Like or just like as a you know losing your finger would be so paralyzing in this sport. And he's still the best climber, and he did it with half of a missing index finger on his dominant hand. Um, but he got taken hostage in Kyrgyzstan and had to push a you know terrorist off a ledge yeah. uh, and run to safety. Like just a lot of these incredible yeah, so, stories. Dude, you're right. You're uh-huh. right. Don Wall is superior to Free Solo, no doubt. Yeah. And again, I'll say what they did. I think is much harder. Like the mental aspect, I guess, is way harder for Free Solo. But like in terms of climbing that is done, Don Wall is like the hardest climbing you'll ever see. Uh, and again, there's no like consequence they're not going to die up there but i think that journey and their progress is still really fun and addictive to watch something that both of these climbing documentaries do really well i think of chris talking about drawing on the donkey kong board when they kind of map out each Uh consecutive pitch and lay these wonderful graphics over yosemite so you can kind of visualize what they're doing and you get to see how they have every little inch planned out and all the different strategies uh, mapped and they've, they've discovered and mapped this route themselves is is super fun in itself but yeah they gotta live on the wall and poop on bags they're like working on this for six plus years it's incredible dude it's really good it's like a it's like a real life epic tale you know yeah. what i'm saying like a like a like a story epic it's like a real life version of that and he's just a really humble like cool dude yeah. yeah, and he does the coolest thing in the world, and he's just, like, chill about it and trying to do another one. I agree. I like this one better than um, Free Solo, because the character, is this Tommy? Is the guy in the Donwall? Is that his name? Yes, Tommy Caldwell. He's so much more likable uh, than the other guy. And um, Donald is a goofball. Sure, that's one way to say it. Um <laughs> And uh, often... Sociopath. Yes, that's another, <laughs> that's another way. way to say it. Often, I'll look at a wall. There's like a wall in my house and be like, I wonder if the Don Wall is that slick. I wonder how <laughs> how slick it really is. Like, what did they do? And I'm like, I think it was. I think he just climbed my wall is basically what he did. 
it yeah i mean it's nuts <laughs> have you guys ever seen the, there's a documentary on netflix and it was the entire history of uh valley uprising valley uprising gosh that's phenomenal that's really good too those guys are wild climbing with like minimal gear like like the or just like this really old-fashioned stuff as they figure out the sport that's nuts uh, but while we're in this space, Wide Boys is like a underdog story of these climbers that live in a region with no cracks that just build a climbing crack in their basement and then come to America and show everybody up who was like laughing at them uh, training in their basement. It's awesome. Wide Boys. Where can I find that? Uh, it was on Amazon at one point. Ryan, have you seen the Don Wall? And did you like it? I've seen it. Yes, it was very entertaining. It's no free solo. Sure. Uh, how did it compare to Solo, a Star Wars story? I would put Solo, a Star Wars story, above it. Above the Donwall or above Free Solo? For me personally, I would put it above both. Okay. I, uh, I'm I am the guy who liked Solo. I liked Solo too. Uh, oh, great! There's two of us. I like the soundtrack as well. Yeah. Hmm. All right, boys and girls. Now, Ryan, do you think that this would be the time to shout, shout out some honorable mentions? At number 25, ladies and gentlemen, The Painter and the Thief, the Norwegian contemporary classic about a female painter who has her painting stolen and she hunts him down and befriends him. And it's a documentary about this drug addict thief what? and this woman contemporary painter and their friendship as he struggles to remember what he did with her $20,000 painting. At wow. number 24, That's Waco, insane. The Rules of Engagement, which is just a great documentary about Wait, what happened at Waco. You're actually about to list 20 more documentaries? No. Number 23, No. Vernon, Florida. <laughs> The classic, the classic Vernon, Florida, following just rural Floridians talking about their daily life. And number, number 10, 22, number the, 10, 10, the 10, best skateboarding documentary of all oh, time. Oh, wait, I'm so interested. Go for Dog, it. Go for it. Dogtown and Z-Boys. Okay. All right. Wait, let's hold on here. Do you think that's the best? Have you seen, uh, yes. have you seen the Bone Brigade and Minding the Gap? Yep. Okay, I like. I guess I'm just more interested in the second chapter. Awesome. It's not really a skateboarding documentary. Oh, well, it's about people who happen to skateboard. Right. It's super cool, and I feel like it. Yeah, it's like American culture. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Dogtown and Z Boys. Z Boys is the documentary about the surfer boys who figured out how to make skateboards, and it's so cool. Yes. They made a movie out and of it, it has an incredible cool. soundtrack, including my two. Well, my favorite Led Zeppelin song, favorite song of all time, Achilles Last Stand. But I think Bones Brigade has like the next chapter, like where we get Tony Hawk and Rodney Mullen. I still love Dogtown Z Boys, but I'm more interested in like that era that came Continue. after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number twenty one, Okie Noodling. No, okay, we the can't do this. What do you, we can't do it. People who fish with their fingers. Number twenty. This is for no. AJ. If you have not seen this, oh my God. heavy metal parking lot. Uh, heavily pirated, never officially released. You can still, it used to be bootlegged and traded on VHS tapes, but now you can find it easily on YouTube. Heavy Metal Parking Lot is just like a 45-minute documentary short uh, that interviews people before, what is it? A a Motley Crue, no? Maybe a Motley Crue concert in Rhode Island. (laughs) And it's amazing. Uh, Streetwise... 
Ryan, why don't you just put this in the show notes? Yeah, I want to stop him, but I'm so genuinely interested. Anyone who's made it this far in this podcast <laughs> likes they're not doing it because they like us, right? They what like, about how late it is for us as people? Number That's true. 19, Streetwise, LA kids living on the street. Number 18, Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads documentary I about like their it. concert, which is unbelievable. Number 17, Supersize Me, which is better than Food Inc. I like uh, Supersize Me. Number 16, me. Sherman's March, a guy who's filming about Sherman's March, but then uh, falls in love and the documentary falls apart as he starts chasing a woman instead. It's very entertaining. Grey Gardens should be on everyone's number one. So I'm a little embarrassed that it's all the way down to my 15. Crom uh, <laughs> at 14. Burden of Dreams, another Werner Herzog classic. Number 12, I didn't want to put another Michael Moore one, but there's Bowling for Columbine right there. Number 11, Anvil, the story of Anvil. Oh my Holy God. crap, why is that not on your top five? It's not on yours. Uh, that Keep is going. like, right. Uh, that is, uh, that's like Spinal Tap came to life. Like if Spinal Tap was real, that's Anvil, the story of Anvil. Number 10, The Overnighters. What a nightmare. This is a, a pastor in North Dakota who's allowing <laughs> oil workers to sleep in his church and how that becomes such a mess for him and his family. Um, number Nine, exit through the gift shop. Number eight, capturing the Freedmen's. What a horror show that, that is. That is so the, depressing. The, the scariest documentary I've ever seen. Um, number seven, Spellbound, which is exactly like the King of Kong, but replace 80s video games with the spelling bee. And it's <laughs> children who we've got the heroes and the villains. I just showed it to my kids. They absolutely loved it. That's me trying to introduce documentaries to them. Number six, Brothers Keepers to men who've lived off the grid their entire lives, brothers, who it looks like maybe one killed the other. And it's just about trying to figure out what happened to these two brothers living in the mountains. And then, of course, five King of Kong. Okay, okay, American okay. Movie, I'm in a grizzly man. Nope. Two <laughs> Harlan County. And number one, ladies and gentlemen, Roger. The Don Wall. I mean, I have to insert a, like, uh, disclaimer. Hey, nope. if you want to hear Ryan list all 25, he does it. But here's a time code if you don't. I was genuinely interested in. I'm just, you know, it's a podcast. <laughs> Chris, did you have I'm any other questions? People wanted, if people actually wanted documentaries, I wanted to give them a list. Fair. I appreciate the thoroughness with which you ranked them, and I'm all about just trading lists. It sounds like you and I should trade lists more often. Christopher, a few, a any... few honorable mentions. Uh, this didn't make the list because it was a series, and I kept it off. But Ken Burns baseball. Ken Burns has a very fun style, and baseball was great. And yeah. Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Dude, that's another corrupt, like, that's just, it's just sad that we're just cogs in the machine, man. On that note, The Matrix Revisited is a very great behind-the-scenes documentary. League of Legends Origins on the rise of esports and League of Legends in general on Netflix. Really love it. Miss Americana, also on Netflix. These all are all closely related to my interests, which is why I love them. But Taylor Swift gets a bad rap, and that was just a great movie to show that she's she's uh, got a lot going on and very talented, very... I got a lot of more humanity than maybe some people give her. You're, oh, my God. Okay. And, well, uh, oh, No Impact Man was also on mine. That was interesting. Guy tried um, to produce No Waste for a year. Michael... 
Um, mm-hmm. Bill Simmons is a podcast I enjoy listening to, and he calls oh yeah um, documentaries like Americana um, documercials because it's not really a documentary; it's just her saying, "Oh, hey guys, shut up, come Bill look Simmons." At me. Come on. No, see, that's the rap shit. Did you watch it? Like, people just say shit like that all the time when they don't know her. Like, sure, she's the most famous pop star in the world, but, like, and, yes, you can tell they're, like, oh, they're having this conversation in front of cameras. Obviously, they're going to paint her in a good light, but it also is a good platform for her to, to I don't know, show some of what she has gone through and that it's maybe not the most ideal life to have so much fame and fortune and attention. But I could, even if it was just like a mashup of her like concerts, it's like the music, the albums and concerts I've been most into over the past 10 years, I just get to see a highlight reel of those. I'm in for that. Maybe not for everyone. Great for Taylor Swift fans. So we should reward Taylor Swift for being exactly what she's expected to be by no. every world standard. No. A decent human. Okay. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. Um, we don't need to reward her, but that doesn't, she's not, it's not a crime. She's not on trial for making something. Oh, okay. not yet. Top not five. Yet. Number, I say five. we throw, let's get crazy here and throw King the of podcast Kong. begins now. King of Kong at number one. Whoa. Number one. one. It, was, it was close on my list. Close on your two. list, number two on mine, number one on Ryan's. No, if we don't go one on this right now, Ryan is going to make Roger and me be number one 45 minutes from now, guys. <laughs> We've learned. <laughs> we just need to <laughs> settle for number something immediately so we don't have to go through that hell storm again. Number one should be Grey Gardens, and I'm sad that it's my 15. I just assumed you'd what? all have it on your top You're at five. war with I yourself. What are you doing here, man? Like... <laughs> I'm at war with people who haven't seen documentaries. We could just How is this going to work? I'm competing against work? YouTube. Against YouTube? Oh, yeah, because, you know, it's all about the medium. Why is that not a documentary if it's on YouTube? It's not on you know, a... I just assumed... It's not on we a CD, so it's not real music. American movie would have been on YouTube if it existed whenever that was made. <laughs> I just thought we were talking about that. Uh, this was me assuming. And well, we're not. That, we're that talking we were about this about now. Tra- so let's go. If, if it was two hours earlier, Chris would have let you finish films. that joke. But now he has no time for it. Uh, I, 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 I can entertain that, Chris. Put it up there. Let's see. Okay. Uh, what else do we like? If we're making the top favorite documentaries from just our four lists, that should definitely be on the top five. I feel like we've all appreciated some climbing documentaries. I think we should agree on maybe what's one of the best climbing documentaries and put it on the list somewhere. There actually is one that is considered the best climbing documentary, but I don't think any of us put it on our list. Well, could that be because the others here maybe think one's better? Yes, it could. <laughs> that Chris, what do you think? It could be that. What do you think? Chris, do you watch climbing doc? Have you seen all these? We talked about I, it. I've what's seen your favorite? A lot. Um, the Don Wall was very enjoyable. That would be number... I could throw it in number five on the master list. I love that, Chris. Please do so. Also, great uh, initiative on the Google Doc. You're, you're really just saving me a lot of clicks here on the old mechanical keyboard. And I'm only going to add it on the audio later. Anytime I'm saving what? you now is going to be added to the horror that oh. my audio is going to be later. No, it's going to be great. You guys are great. We're pretty low budget here. I'm pretty sure that's not why people come here. High fidelity. Uh, great movie. 
Okay, Ryan, AJ, how do you feel about this list? What would you want to put on it? Not the second best climbing movie. Okay, that's why Free Soul is not on here. Uh, AJ, any thoughts? Won't You Be My Neighbor's gotta be on there, dude. Okay. It's gotta be on there. I guess, since there are a lot of these that we all haven't seen, I what what recommendations are you guys most excited to watch? If I'm being honest... I, I, I'm excited I, about Star Wars, dude. Episode 1, Making Of. Okay. That, I was going to say, um, I'm excited to, I want to watch Roger and Me, or not not Roger, I want to watch Won't You Be My Neighbor, an American movie, and then Food, Inc. would be my one I'm most excited to watch on Chris's list. But out of those three, I think American movie is genuinely the one I'm most excited to watch first. I did, the only reason I responded to you that way is AJ, because you just threw out a movie that I haven't seen yet, so that's why I'm talking about ranking no, recommendations. I know, I know, I know, I know. Episode one, Doc, is so good. I feel like American movie is the other one I'm excited to watch. Yeah. But sh- should we go with recommendations or settle for just documentaries we've all seen that we like? Like it sounds like a lot of us have seen three identical strangers and uh, exit through the gift shop. And I've kind of lost faith Jira, in three identical Jira strangers. Dreams. Okay. <laughs> Jiro dreams of sushi. A lot of people saw. I think we gotta we can go with recommendations. Is my opinion. Uh, I don't know. I don't Chris, know if Ryan's gonna go for that. <laughs> Ryan's gonna blow up. Um, but before that happens, what recommendation did you like the most, Chris? Um, American movie. It sounds great. Um, all right. I'm genuinely interested in documentaries, so pretty much all of these sound fantastic. I'll probably yeah, talk to all of like them. Like it's weird. Yeah. I'm excited. I just I just don't know. But like I. <laughs> Do we put it ahead of the Don Wall, which is something that we've all seen actually and appreciate? Don Wall's gotta be up there, man. That's good. <laughs> guys, maybe this is all maybe this is all silly and meaningless when we're at the point where we're ranking recommendations. <laughs> maybe doing a podcast in your Dude, room the, with your friends this, at midnight this, is <laughs> This this podcast is uniquely difficult. This topic, I'm telling you, this is unlike any other List Wars episode because we unknowingly pick such a vast pool of things yeah maybe they'll make a documentary about it <laughs> and just and just look at these look at these four toxic personalities i mean we're gonna this is mm-hmm. yeah you know what i'm saying you got ryan who's a, a, a maniac you've got chris light who is on the verge of death at any moment and <laughs> michael who is a sociopath yes and I have not been sentient for two years now. <laughs> Good God. Okay. Um, Ryan, what do you want so to put on this I'm, list? I'm, I'm writing American movie, something that I really want to watch at number four. Here are the movies that are good on our lists. For Michael's list, it's Hero Dreams of Sushi. On Chris's <laughs> list, it's King of Kong. Food Inc. maybe, Acarus maybe, and Exit Through the Gift Shop. And the Smash Bros. is the AJ, best best one on his list. <laughs> Smash Bros. AJ, won't you be my neighbor? You could question I am trying to break your heart, but I feel like that's more of a niche thing. And barely through Identical Strangers. And then my list is solid. I forgot how I really want to watch I Am Trying to Break Your Heart, too. And your list is solid. He just casually throws it. <laughs> the opinions about your favorite things make sense to you. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that those dots are connected. Well, apparently not because you, you botched the number one. You had it at 15. You can't even agree with yourself. 
well, I went with my heart versus what's true. Uh, Brain gotcha. Garden should be up there. So, uh, how do you guys feel about Jiro Dreams of Sushi? No, thank you. A solid top 10. Not, no, thank you. Chris doesn't like it. Okay. No. Uh, I liked Grizzly Man, too. I feel like uh, I haven't seen Grizzly Man, but Grizzly Man got a plenty of conversation, and it was very interesting, it seemed, to everybody. Um, but that it corner... Like it could <laughs> make your soul. top five. If, okay, if it, if it skirts in there, it's at five at the very highest. <laughs> Watching George Lucas micromanage the length of Ewan McGregor's bla- braid, his hair braid, in in the genesis of the whole wonderful infamous prequel universe is uh, hearing people talk about this movie like it's the second coming of christ the night of the premiere a guy in full costume walks into the theater and just gets on his knees and starts bowing at, at just the theater it's an incredible spectacle <laughs> makes me miss genuine like midnight releases if we are going to include anything that is not actually a documentary feature film oh that God. is the one that i would prefer but let me just reiterate it is a dvd extra so uh, we'd be adding a, a why, dvd extra why can't a documentary be on a dvd a documentary can totally be on a dvd there's some wonderful making of movie documentaries but if i was to make a list of the top 20 best making of movies documentaries that one would not be on it oh my god would the matrix revisited no oh my god Okay, um, so uh, can I put episode one on the back half? I, I don't know. Ah. Food Inc. is probably the next highest one I want to watch. If you, if you boys that have seen it feel like that is a better than my recommendation for a YouTube video about Star Wars episode one, then we could go with that. I think Food I, Inc. deserves to be on that list. I agree. It uncovered some, some shiz. It, it was a film that changed the way people thought that's pretty freaking nuts you know what i'm saying yeah it is I mean, a film that rode on the coattails of super size me it was like if super size me is the a food inc was the solid b plus that came behind and i liked super size that me seems it true just, it was kind of like hilarious it was such an ambitious like funny stunt but like at the same time so revealing and educational mm-hmm. where Morgan food Spurlock. inc is like the similar story but with less fun all right, so we're putting Super Size on me. A doc that never appeared? I'd do it. Oh, that's my number 17. Um, this is a strange beast, and I feel like us speaking about any of these documentaries will uh, be more telling than the actual master list in this unique episode. Do you want me to just throw it together then? Not I want anyone but you to do that, Ryan. I want Chris I like Light to no to one fill cares in this about final the master gap. list. The master list is <laughs> the, the least important That's part like of a, the whole. Yeah, we all just care about getting our opinions out there. Yeah, we don't need a, we don't need to project this facade. Please tell this. Is, I, we've been on the first episode. I said List Wars was a working title, even too, and I thought that that might change. Uh, but it does create great conversation. Often. Yeah, we do need the arguing. This one's tough. This, like time, this time it doesn't wars. matter. So I'll just like uh, put Food Inc. At, at five, knock off Grizzly Man, put Star Wars Episode One at number four, <laughs> <laughs> and then Don Wall slides up to number two, and we're good, right? Uh, well, that doesn't seem right, but... <laughs> so suddenly we care about the list again. No, Chris, you <laughs> fix it. Chris, you are the most trustworthy one here. 
fix fix what you want to uh, here. We could just try to do like a lot of dead air. What about we all like? What won't you be my neighbor? Being on this list. When in doubt, I mean, put all our number ones up there. Let's do it. Boot ink up there. Won't you be my neighbor? So Grizzly Man's off. We each get one, and we got to pick two more. Wait a minute, I did the math wrong. Yeah. We each pick one, and we got to pick three more. So we we put all our number ones in King of Kong, and then we're there we're happy. That's what we should do. So King of Kong number one, and then we list our four with uh, Roger with, and me at number five. Last? With Ryan's last, that's exactly yes. what I was thinking. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> uh, this is the exact opposite the of the discussion that we had last time with Nikum, but I'm so okay with it. All right, uh, we're all ready to lock this in, right? No objections. Wait, can we talk about the order for a minute? Yeah, the order currently sits at Roger and me, then Won't You Be My Neighbor, then Food Inc., then the Donwald, then King of Kong. And what's your issue with the order, Wait. Ryan? Just that the second best climbing documentary of all time is at number two. I mean, because climbing documentaries are the best kind of documentaries, so it seems like we're pretty close there. I agree huh. with Ryan that the Don Wall, being a climbing documentary, pertains to such a small audience, even though it is a great film, being at number two is rough. Climbing documentary won an Oscar, right? I have a small audience. Not this one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I walked right into I walked right into that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, but Food. we all know that the Academy Awards are a scam. Alright, Food and Mr. Rogers are more universal. As long Ooh. as the Don Wall is still ahead of Roger and me, because oh. Michigan is not that universal, I will <laughs> I will concede. So now the list is at Roger and Me five, Don Wall four, won't you be my neighbor three? Food Inc. 2, King of Kong 1. Are we good with that? Lock I think it. Mr. Rogers should be number 2. Alright, I mean, yeah, because we've got one that's wholesome and one that will make you hate the state of America. Deal. I'm going to read this list. Object now or hold your peace forever. forever. Ladies and gentlemen, after... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, if we fuck. Have... <laughs> I knew, I kind of knew it wouldn't come... This is like when in pro wrestling, how they do the three counts, and yep. then John Cena is going to throw his shoulder and kick out like a millimeter away from that last three. You, you kind of know it's coming. What, Ryan? What's your wait a minute? Well, you know how you haven't seen some of these movies, but they're still on here? Uh, yes, because we're all human and we're trying our best to do, to do a <laughs> podcast. We're all works in progress. I've seen all five of these, actually. I'm kind of in a unique position. Oh my god. Where I've actually seen all five of these. He set this and up. I can tell you. I he can set tell this you. Up. Ben Linus set this up, dear God. That Roger and me is significantly better than both the Don Wall and Food Inc. Nope. Keep it as it is. Just speaking from my, but my perspective. I appreciate a, your input. Someone who's but, actually seen these movies. But three of us really enjoy the Don Wall and can't speak Chris, to Roger and me. Chris, so, Chris is like the bartender at, and Ryan's like the drunk guy trying to get more whiskey. <laughs> Chris is like, no, sir, you've had enough. You must go home. Yes, cue the semi-sonic. It's closing time. Are you okay so, with us locking this in, Ryan? Michael and Chris are very comfortable with, with Won't You Be My Neighbor at number two, which is a film neither of them have seen. Yes. Yes. Above 
Food Inc. and the Don Wall. Yes. yes. Okay, because... then let's move Roger me nope. right nope. behind. Nope. Won't you be Not going to happen. You see, your, your logic checks out, but I don't know if you've ever played Risk. Maybe you should think about how your previous actions might affect people's perception and attitude mm. towards you in the future. <laughs> I just feel like if you're going to call this documentaries and some stranger is going to Google documentary podcasts and they see Roger and me fifth. God help that person. God help that person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think then they'll, they'll know that Roger and me is worth the Google search or they'll be like, oh, I'm glad that got some recognition. Yeah, but what if they go in order and eventually they get to the Don Wall number four and they're like, you know what? That wasn't even the best climbing movie. I don't know if I'm going to do number five. <laughs> then I feel like Roger Me gets left in the dust. And I'm, I, I've am i seen it. I've seen that movie. And I know. I will oh, pull yeah, it definitely. up. We can sit here and I will live tweet the entire documentary while I watch it. <laughs> if I have to. Uh, if that would help. But if that would help. I think you talked about it for exactly the right amount of time for that exact guess that you're describing to say, oh, this one guy has given it its due airtime and these <laughs> other guys messed up. But if they happen to agree with us, then they'll see, oh, it's there. That's fine. So we, it's a win-win. We made the t-shirt into a, a poster. That my number one pick would be fifth on this list. Yep. But both mm. Chris and I thought of that immediately. <laughs> And AJ and yeah. Chris have seen the Don Wall. That's yeah. the one that only one person has seen, where there every other one below it, multiple people have seen and appreciate. So science. Math. AJ, were you lighting matches? So, yeah, I was lighting some uh some Palo Santo. I don't know what that means. It's a uh, ancient stick. It smells good. Mm. And we're good to lock, lock this in. in. Let's I do it. If we can copy and paste Roger and me with Food Inc., if we can swap those two, I'll feel really good about this list. I can't put Roger and me just, ahead of the Donwall. You can't. That is. I just think you're doing personal preference versus what's actually good. Well, this is my personal top five mm -hmm. list, and then mm -hmm. we we combine them to rank our personal top five list, mm -hmm. and. Yeah. Our personal top five list has more value in the Don Wall and Food Inc. Hmm. than Roger and me. So would you say your podcasts are more about favorites or bests? Uh, it is about the top five, which we've addressed <laughs> before. It's ambiguous. Favorite and best are an element. I your tend to podcasts. lean more toward favorite. Our podcast, okay. Ryan, you're part of this. <laughs> Featuring Ryan Miko. All right. So the the rule is we can't end the episode until we agree on it. And Ryan, you are you comfortable? Stop pasting that. Oh my god. I don't have a family. I'm just trying to respect my friend's time. I can stay up all night, Ryan. AJ. Okay. You... Well then, let me try to woo the other people on this. Oh my call. god. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Let's Never gonna happen. Let's talk about, I would let's talk about much the rather prefer Ryan Meekum to not talk anymore and us to move on with the game and say this is a good top five. I, I would I would be willing to shut up if you would be willing to just move Roger and me above 
the second best climbing documentary of all time. And Ryan, here's my answer. I would be willing to consider it if I believed you would stop there, but I know you will not. You will just continue to twist and twist. And so we have to stop right there and we're going to lock this bad boy in. I will pinky swear. I will pinky swear right now that the only move, the only move I need is Roger me. I just cannot sleep at night knowing the Don wall would be oh, considered higher than Roger Me. I'd be but willing here's to where, keep the second best climbing documentary on the list. But the fact that we I'm are at. just totally overshadowing no. Free Shot Solo is shocking to me. I Let's can't put Free Solo on number five and bump up Roger and Me. There you go. And I can't I sleep tonight to if I let Roger you move Roger five. and Me. The Dawn Wall is incredible. Is a solid B-plus film. You're wrong. You're you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Mm. But B plus? Yeah. It's just like a beautifully shot normal sport. <laughs> what normal sport? Oh my god. Like they're up there living on the wall battling against the other like it is it is much right. harder physically, like you want right. to talk about the sport of it, to do what they're doing. Right. Right. There's there's dozens of really beautifully shot surfing documentaries that could have been on our list too. <sighs> God, the Dogtown and Z Boys, does that count? Uh, I mean, like, what's a better moment than Tommy Caldwell's dad looking at him win this climbing competition as a 16 year old and he's, he's so excited and happy that he breaks down and drops the camera? He can't even hold it. He's shaking. Like, those little moments, the that's a way better scene. story than Honold's. No, it isn't. Like, like personal story. I'm trying to, <laughs> to frame the personal half of the documentary. The personal half of Free Solo about a man willing to possibly die even with a girlfriend who's like please don't do it he's a shitty boyfriend he's like i'm always he's gonna a pick horrible climbing. human being and and that film <laughs> captured that it's um, amazing he's a horrible human being <laughs> it's fascinating what if we take off king of kong and put on free solo if we, we- switch the don wall with free solo then I'll keep Roger me at fifth. Oh, okay. I mean, I've, I, like I said, my list was all, my list was one and two free solo in the Don wall at first. Uh, I will concede that if you offer me your pinky swear that this isn't the next, the first step in the next step of your mind games, because I think both those climbing documentaries are very close to one another, spectacular and better than this Roger and me documentary that I've somehow grown to hate already, even though I haven't seen it. <laughs> so will you give me that same pinky promise you offered Chris that this is your last act of terror? If I swap the Don wall with free solo. Food Inc. And third is a little weird. Okay. With that caveat, is that your last act of terror? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm splitting hairs aggressively because you're Ryan Meekum, but I love Free Solo. I just love the Don Wall more, and I my name has is attached to that statement. People know what the real best climbing duck is. All right, so we can get out of your ears. We're gonna lock this in. Master list wow. at number five, best documentaries. Roger and me at number four. Free Solo at number three. Food Inc. at number two. Won't you be my neighbor? And number one, King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. 
And well, yeah, why do we we look so depressed? AJ's just staring at the ground, and then Ryan's happy. Yeah. We're gonna clap. We're gonna clap. Thanks, guys. Uh, the wow. Hollywood story about this episode will be tumultuous. Yeah, it will be. And so Ryan is the Billy Mitchell of this episode, and everybody knows that. I'm Steve Weeby. I'm just like trying to. I know Chris has got kids to get to, and and like he's got a wife, and, and like I need to wrap this up for him. But sometime, Ryan, we can have a four-hour rehashing of this list after I've watched Roger and Me, and I will come with PowerPoint presentations. Yeah, Ryan, you need to publish that 25 list runner-up thing. Yeah, we want to watch it. Um, are you guys uh, tr- ready to go to bed? Or do you want to play a game? I'm, We've I got asked, work to do. Let's get to the game. Just give us give us a round of the game. I want to win. Let's go. Okay. Wait, like, okay. We'll be right back with the game. And we are back after that very brief break. I struggled to think of a documentary type game, so I went with like a adjacent pun. This game is called What's Up, Doc? <laughs> and it's Can You Name <laughs> the Famous Doctor based on their quotes? Um, how this will work is I will start reading down a list of quotes, and at some point, you can buzz in by saying your name, um, and at that point, if you can tell me what doctor said it, you will get a point. Sound fun? Sound easy enough? Easy enough. Yep. Best ever. Best ever. All right. Here we go. First one. I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. What do you mean bad? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Let's show this pre Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. I know this. Nobody steps on a church in my town. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Oh my gosh, I know it. This is he, uh well, yeah, uh, you, you want to buzz in. Oh. Ryan. Bing. No, say your name Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> it's Dr. Uh, Binkman. Vinkman. There okay, we'll give it to you. We'll give you yeah, Dr. Peter Vinkman from Ghostbusters. Ryan is on the board with one point. There you go. And we are moving on to the uh <laughs> next one. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Mister. Thank you very much. Shit. Oh, hell. Let's just do what we always do. Hijack some nuclear button uh, weapons and hold the world hostage. Yeah, good. Beep, beep. 
No, Beep, that, Ryan. That's not, Ryan, My you really... Ryan. Okay, there you go. Uh, Dr. Evil. This is Dr. Evil. Mm. There you go. Next quote had sharks and laser beams in it. Uh, what's funny, Chris? Okay? The line that was just, ah, shit, let's just do what we always do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, teach me. I could have done better. Sorry, I could have done better. <laughs> There's an inflection there. Try me, Beyonce. We're in the end game now. Beep. Dorm. Beep. Ryan. This My name's Ryan. Doctor hey, Ryan. Strange. This is Doctor Strange. Ryan, our doctor expert, is is uh got his third hit over there. All right. Uh, <laughs> intelligence plus character. That is the goal of true education. True peace is not merely the absence of tension, it is the presence of justice. Out Chris. of the mount Chris Light. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is Dr. Okay, yeah, there you go. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Great job. What? Uh, we would have gotten to I have a dream eventually. Um, I knew that too. Oh. Cool. Good for you. Um it's hard to face a harsh truth about yourself. The only thing you can do is try to take positive steps. Sometimes in life you get what you want. Oh, sometimes in life when you get what you want, you end up missing what you left behind. Mm. I a grizzle my nizzle. <laughs> I grew up on the street. No, not the hood. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan. Dr. Dre. No, sorry. I grew up on the street. No, not the hood. The Sesame Street. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not a unicorn. It's a horse with a sword on its head, and it protects my hopes and dreams. Relax, brown bear. There's no shame in crimaxing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Doctor John Dorian from Scrubs. <laughs> okay, we'll just. Uh, we got. We're tripling the points. I'm, I'm from the streets. Ooh, ooh, Dr. Dre. <laughs> and then he immediately goes to undercut that proclamation of being from the streets. Yeah, uh, wow. <laughs> All right. I Here knew the Dr. Dre quote was coming. No, I, yeah, okay. Uh, and I unfortunately, stuck the landing. Unfortunately, I misjudged you. You are a stupid policeman whose luck has run out. A unique feat of engineering, I may say so. I designed it myself. The glass is convex, 10 inches oh, thick, uh, AJ. which accounts... AJ, AJ. Oreo. Uh, this is... Oh, no. It's like an evil British dude. Yeah, that's do it. You, Doc, do you have a guess? Doc. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Um, Spectre. Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Revenge, and Extortion. The Four Great Cornerstones of Power. Headed by the greatest brains in the world. One million dollars, Mr. Bond. You were wondering beep, beep, what it... Beep, Ryan. Ryan. Dr. No. <laughs> that is Dr. No. Mm. There you go. You swept it. Okay. Uh, well, at that point, everybody else is removed from striking distance with my remaining. Uh, we'll just do one more because it's fun. Intelligence is not a privilege. It's a gift. And you use it for the good of mankind. 
Has anybody lost a large roll of $20 bills in a rubber band? Because we found the rubber band. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. You've stuck your webs into my business for the last time. Beep, 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 Ryan. <laughs> hey, Ryan, what's up? Dr. Octopus. Uh, I, I I will count Ooh. that. That's his mm. that's his stage name. That's his villain name. This is Dr. Otto Octavius. Yes, we'll count it. Because there's a doctor in both names. Alright, so Ryan with a clean dominating streak. Uh we'll we'll cut it off there. <laughs> Five to Chris's one. Hey Chris, thanks for knowing MLK. Hey, um, best ever. And AJ, mm. thanks for looking good on that balancing bouncing ball. Man, uh, I was I almost had it with the evil British guy. Yeah, you were so yeah. close. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a journey. Uh, and Doc Brown. We, Doc Brown was not featured. I did have a Meredith Grey and a Dr. Jack Shepard uh, and a Dr. Strangelove. Um, but also, would you have known Dr. Carlisle Cullen from Twilight? Probably not. I'm reading no. the room. Okay. But he's... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, would you have Meekum or are you just laughing because that's funny to you? No, he's... Okay. I would yes, not have yes. known. Wait, do you, do you know Twilight? No. No. Oh, okay. No. Cool. I thought I was just, Sorry. I really want to do an episode on it. So, and your your nods and head shakes are lagging. So, I didn't know which one was oh, which. No. But, Ryan, you can close out this podcast. You've earned that right by winning the game. Feel free to say whatever you want about <laughs> Roger and me or Free Solo no. and shut us down. No. Just want to give a shout out to your friend of mine, AJ Yorio. Way to hang in there, AJ. Yeah. You're doing great. Bye, guys. It's a podcast. <laughs> Uh, the time. The coronavirus like, or the time? Which do, more no, important do we, to you? Do we need a... What? I'm saying no, do we need to go fast. I want to know, are you going to wear a mask or not? Are you going to wear a mask <laughs> or are you going to yes. run this yes. political game that you run? I'm done with this, Mike. I'm done. I'm Jack. logging off. I'm logging off the podcast. <laughs>